connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter, at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am a host, James, and I'm here, as sometimes, with Brad and Zach. Hey, that's the way Ryan does that, where he points at people and they say their name. That's <laughs> a, you. It's you a, did it. It's a hell of a power to have. I'm glad you used an open hand as opposed to pointing your finger, because yeah. pointing is rude, according to my mom. It was more like a reaching out, reaching out. Yeah. like, yeah. oh man, I can almost touch your finger. That's what they would tell us at like when I worked in a movie theater. They would like if you're trying to guide somebody to their theater, yeah. you don't point with your finger. You yeah. extend a open hand. You, in, you invite them with your arm. <laughs> uh, Ryan's not here because, as you heard last week, he's painting his house. Um, Will so he paint it in time? <laughs> yes, he painted his house. He's moving his shit, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I didn't see plum though. That is going well. I didn't. I saw orange. With beige. Uh, well, no. What I saw was unpainted walls with a little bit of paint around the rim, which is what I expected. But Real we'll nerds. see. Paint watch. I'm excited to see. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up on hour five of paint watch. <laughs> not much has happened. It's a lot of primer, not a lot of color. Kellen's eating a Jimmy John sandwich. Will he eat the whole thing? <laughs> but we'll keep you apprised as the situation develops. <laughs> we should totally have a segment on weeks when Ryan's not here where we just read his Facebook feed from the week. <laughs> be like, let's see why Ryan's not here. Uh, well... Kellen ate three-fourths of a, of a Jimmy John sandwich this week. Good for, for him. For the first time, we're going to post a companion post with all the photos of the feed <laughs> in on the website. Uh, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so. Well, this week, we uh, every week, we go see a movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we went and saw Dunkirk, mm-hmm. uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the show, we'll review that and then we'll play the trailer. And then, or we'll tell you whether you should see it. Then we'll play the trailer, and then we will review it and tell um, you why you should see it or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think we'll probably try to be. Uh, you can. We can try to be a little bit unspoilery, but the truth is, eventually, you have to talk about some of the things that are very spoilery in this movie. It's so a just be a little event. You could just look it up. Yeah, but I think there's some things about the way the movie's made that you you maybe want to experience for yourself for the first time. So, uh, but mm-hmm. either way, just be warned that when we get down to that part of the show, that we'll we'll maybe talk about some things you may not want to know. But first, we'll tell you whether or not you should see it. So, spoiler alert: FBI died fbr fdr sorry <laughs> fred fred brooklyn <laughs> robert 
the unknown, the unknown shadow president. The of amazing the guy with three first names. Is that like the a new PBR product, like Frozen PBR? Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot FPBR. <laughs> frozen Blue Ribbon. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Freaky how you guys Blue doing? Ribbon. I'm alright. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? I've never drank a PBR. I hear they're terrible. Well, but like, unless you're hip. I, 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 as far as I know, I don't think I've drank one either. But the appeal is that it's cheap. Yeah, and that's it's like three dollars yeah, a can at the freaking Alamo. Yeah, I would just I would sooner like pay six dollars for a beer that has like four times as much alcohol in it, like a Yeti. Okay, you know, then I get I get drunk on like eight ounces. Hey, it's great. Some hipsters can't afford your fancy beers. I'm just yeah, but they they drink like seventeen of them. They drink <laughs> go, back your, go back to your mansion, you rich old white anyway. person. <laughs> I'd never had like a Bud or a Coors either until recently. Uh, and I was served a number of of Bud Light limes. Oh, that that was a bad decision. Uh, well, okay. Why at are you first, drinking so much, James? At first, they were like, "Well, <laughs> your life going downhill? the fiance's out of town. There's nothing else for me to do. <laughs> I just need the time to pass." Um, <laughs> but no, actually, she's the one who gave them to me. So never mind. Uh, the <laughs> um, how much of a hole can I dig? <laughs> I know, it's, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, no. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. It's like slightly refreshing." And then I was like, "Actually, this tastes like garbage." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why people drink like normal people beers. Mm. I don't get beer. Anyway, what um, is the deal with beer? What do we? Uh, what do we want to start with first? Have you around town? Brad, Brad might want to go around town. Actually, first we should do the Alamo. So fuck that. Okay. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mitzblas. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft Time. Uh, this week, the kids' camp is the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Are you a goofy goober, James? No, I, I, I really, I really don't like SpongeBob. Okay. Uh, the Graveyard Shift is Kill Baby Kill, uh, which is on the 26th, which I think is Wednesday. Yeah, it looks like Wednesday. Um, uh, yeah, there's a quote along at both theaters on Saturday, I think, uh, or no, no, it's Friday at Sloan's Lake and then it's Saturday at Littleton, uh, is Labyrinth, uh, which meant that they, they had like a actually kind of exciting and interesting trailer for that to make you sort of interested in it where you were like seeing all the people singing along and I was like, oh, okay, but I don't really care much for Labyrinth. Okay. Did you grow up watching Labyrinth? Brad? Yes. I mean, I saw it, but I, I, I didn't. Uh, you weren't like, oh man, I love that movie. Yeah. It is on your. It's top. weird though, because like they have that awesome like Digibook Blu-ray of it. It's like ten bucks, and I want to get it, but I also know like I'm not like the guy who, you know, watches this movie regularly. So yeah. Um, but it's it's a Henson production, so yeah, it looks cool. Like, I like that too. So I don't know. Uh, on. Tuesday and only Tuesday at Sloan's Lake, they are showing a Saudi Arabian film called Wad Wadja, Wad Wad Wadja Wadja. Anyway, uh, which might look interesting. So if you want to check out a movie from Saudi Arabia, check that out. Uh, I'm Baba Wadra. <laughs> uh, the Denver Actors Fund is showing Hairspray on Monday. Yeah. Wait, wait. Wh- which Hairspray? Uh, is it probably the music? 88. 88. Oh, even yeah. better. Uh, and, oh, and then, nope, I think that's everything. Nope isn't a movie. That's everything for now. Yep, that's everything that's playing at the Alamo Draft House, which you should go check that stuff out, because mm-hmm. they're, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Brad, what's going on around town? 
uh next week um or this week at the uh, at the drive-in, sorry, um, is Spider-Man, Valerian, and Baby Driver. So best lineup ever for seriously. Two yeah. Well, we don't know. We have no idea. I'm gonna go see Valerian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially if the movie's gonna get like two more sequels. I want to see Spider-Man again, so it feels like this is a good way to see Valerian and not yeah. pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I totally want to see Baby Driver again. And yeah. on, in um, a Baby Driver on a in a drive-in should be like orgasmic that's so. pretty cool yeah that's a neat mm, opportunity i don't know if i'm gonna take you now <laughs> yeah i was gonna say um, uh you're not coming with me if but, that's how you're gonna experience it i yeah. think i'm gonna have you drive your own car <laughs> i don't come on my bike <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right well uh, that's the last episode of this podcast yeah i'm gonna skip this week yeah because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna go see valerian you guys have fun i'll i'll leave the recording running mm-hmm. um anyway uh yeah no that's exciting <laughs> yeah. i i totally want to see those movies um and then uh no there's there's some like special oh bliss fest um oh cool michael bliss's Man. event is yeah. august uh 4th through the 6th ish um at the alamo sons lake he's having it's it's a local film festival cool. um and some other art like music and uh poetry stuff all combined into a very Big community event, uh, Michael Bliss. I think he's been on the show before. I'm not sure. I think so. He has to have been, right? I feel like. I don't remember what episode. Maybe it was an interview, but um, uh, yeah, he's you know does a lot to assemble the film community together, and you know he's he's you know rented out the the Sloan's Lake Theater to the to this event for the weekend. So definitely look up blissfest three 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 dot org. I think is the website, and check that out and and and, and attendant uh, attend it. Intended? I can't because I'll be oh. at the forty eight hour. Oh shoot! Uh, wow. Working that weekend, so uh, I have to miss it. But uh, yeah, if you're not doing that, you should go. Man, the last year has flown by. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the last thing is the midnight at the Esquire this week is another serving of the Room and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. So ah. yeah, they do that twice a month, and this is the second time for this month. So yeah, I don't give a shit about Rocky Horror Picture Show, but the Room is great to see with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bring Especially your, like bring your spoons. Yeah, exactly. I I bought the the first time I went and saw it. I went to Sam's Club and bought like the giant ass box that's got like six thousand spoons in it. Yeah, I didn't use them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ended up with a lot of spoons because mm-hmm. all I did was shove my pockets full. I didn't bring the whole box in. Right, but um, it's Sam's Club and it's pretty cheap. And I realized that that was an asshole move because if I had brought the whole box in and used them all, the poor people who would have had to clean that theater. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, they should. Because when they clean it, they should save them for the next show and then like have the box out when people show up to buy their ticket, whoa, whoa, grab whoa. a handful of spoons. Hippie, and... are you suggesting we recycle? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Radical, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a point in the movie where everybody like gets up and runs up and gets more spoons. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, there's like a boring part, probably a sex scene or something, where you tend to see people like run up and just grab more spoons. Did you guys ever, when you were, because um, like, okay, like full confession, this is the movie I've seen the most in theaters ever at 15 Fair. times. And um, uh, I think like the fourth time I went, me and Brett Jones has been interviewed by, for the Denver Comic-Con episodes. Um, he, uh, uh, he and I got a football and uh, when oh, the football yeah. scene came up, uh, it was in the top theater at the Esquire that night. Mm-hmm. And so we, we there's an aisle in the center. And so we got through the aisle and we just started playing football down the aisle back and forth. We didn't yeah. even go up from the front. It was so much fun. Yeah. Nice. No, yeah. that's awesome. Man. Um and then for future reference, they uh they're they're when when you go there they announce what the lineup is going to be for like the next three months, mm-hmm. uh, what they're considering. Um and 
they asked, we're going to let you decide this this one week. I can't forget which week it is, but would you rather see Ferris Bueller's Day Off or Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the greatest film of 1986. The crowd of Ninja Turtle fans seeing the first movie rightfully chose the sequel. So <laughs> I think they're going to program that instead of Ferris Bueller. So okay. fuck you, James. <laughs> that's just silly. That's uh, that's just silly. Awesome. Uh, cool. And then, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, The Room. Maybe go see that. Maybe that's a thing that people should see. Hey, real news. It's real news. Why should people see The Room? Did you guys see that trailer for The Disaster Artist? Oh, yes, we did. (laughs) What's that based on? Uh, It's based on The Room. So (laughs) I I thought this was really cool, like a, a really great way of... I think of it doing helped. a trailer for this movie. Yeah, because like the, the I'm glad that A twenty four is putting it out in yeah. conjunction with New Line because this is at the end of the day, regardless of how popular the room has become, it is still like a niche thing. Oh like, yeah, it is not like it's not mass media, whatever. So like this was in theory, well, no, not even in theory. It was the best way to introduce. Uh, a novice to the concept yeah, well, of what this is all about. And the room and, itself is like, that's kind of like the appeal of the room is just movie mistakes. Yeah. It's not the story. Exactly. So yeah. they, like that the one fact clip that encapsulates, you know, what you should expect. Mm-hmm. Yes. So should we, uh, seen should we maybe play the trailer for them? Oh, uh, we, we, we certainly could. Yeah, we, we, we certainly could. Here, here, here's the, here's the trailer for the disaster artist. Ready and action. What line? What did line? I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Okay. Action. What is line? Take 13. Action. I did not hit her. I. Okay, okay. Line. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Take 67. Action. I hit her. No. Do you want to change the line? You're doing great, man. We'll get there. Action. 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 I have to say it loud. I can't hear it in here. Say action so I can hear her. Okay. Action! I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I love that moment when, like... I did not. I I love that moment when, it like, everyone on set is saying that line... <laughs> um, Seth like, do you want to change the line? <laughs> it's, like, it's 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 just a few words. Like it's not even. Sla- Slash film apparently saw a work in progress screening of this at South by Southwest. Oh yeah, and they say it's like 
an Edward Edward for a new generation. That's great. Which is really that's good. exactly what I want. Yeah, because there is something loving. Like I I love the moment when he finally gets it right and and then or no, they all cheer. No, no, it's like one of the times when they get it. He gets it wrong near the end, and Dave Franco like says something kind just to be like, "You're doing all right, buddy. Like it's okay." Mm-hmm. Like there is this like camaraderie there that I really appreciate that yeah. makes me hope that that movie's got some heart, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just like watch Dave Franco be Tommy Wiseau. Who's the James crazy Franco person? is Tommy Wiseau. Dave yeah. Franco is Greg Sestero, the man with yeah. the best beard in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard? You ever heard Andrew Bueno's like uh, like proclamation about uh, Greg Sestero's beard? No, he says I would live in that beard. <laughs> he's a he's a handsome man. Yeah, he's a very handsome man. It'll be um, interesting to see uh, what Tommy Wiseau's response to like the gross because I'm pretty sure this movie's going to outgross the theatrical run of the room. No, uh, really? He, he, oh, yeah. In the first weekend. Uh, <laughs> probably in pre-sold tickets. But to like look up and see like someone else, you know, copying your idea and like doing better at it. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're not copying the idea. They're, yeah. they're it's a story about the conception. It's it's all the, yeah, the remake idea. The remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space did not do so well. Um that's closer to really a a you know, stealing the idea. Like if they remade the room um, but I, yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, Mike Scorsese's the room. <laughs> it, I don't think he's gonna notice the difference. The way no. you're saying, <laughs> no, I, well, he's gonna see I, like they're making my movie again. He's a crazy person, and all yeah. he's gonna do is hope that he sells more underwear by make by getting this movie made. So I, I don't know. This is some wonderful. We should shoot this movie. I have access to cameras. <laughs> Who wants my belt? <laughs> Literally, when I saw him live, he was trying to sell his underwear and his belt mm-hmm. to people in the audience. The man is a cokehead. Uh, anyway, it's weird. It's very weird. Um, speaking of Ed Wood though. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to transition into the saddest part of the podcast this week mm-hmm. and we have to talk about world war two later. Um, Martin Landau died, mm-hmm. uh, last week at 89, Hell, which yeah, good for him, man, 89 years old. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty damn good. Um, I actually thought he was older. Yeah. Uh, well he did look pretty damn old. <laughs> Ninety. Uh, he, Fuck you! <laughs> I'll die at eighty-nine. <laughs> uh, he looked. He's looked crazy old for about thirty years now. Mm-hmm. So well, he was on Mission Impossible. Like that was his start, and yeah. then um, uh, kind of had a. Dr- he had a weird dry spell until um. I'm trying to remember the movie because it's the movie he, he does this movie before Crimes and Misdemeanors, and then Ed Wood and all that stuff that we know him for. Well, he today. was in um North by Northwest. North by Northwest is one, yeah. But like I'm talking about, like there's a movie that really resurged him, got him the, his like first Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Oh yeah. Then he got nominated again for Crimes and Misdemeanors, and then he uh, won it finally for Ed Wood in 1994. Which is funny because that was also the year that because of Mission Impossible, the 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 music they were playing out at the Oscars mm-hmm. was Mission Impossible. And so when he came up for his Oscars speech, he was like, "If you guys play the Mission Impossible theme, I'm going to get very angry with you." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Ah." That's because you were in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, but uh, he was also in the Majestic, um, yeah. which we might or might not talk about later on in the show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm, sounds like we are. <laughs> there's only maybe there's no other not reason. To Brad. There's Good. no other reason Shorty why we were. <laughs> um, also, this week, this week was rough. Uh, we also <laughs> lost George Romero. Yeah, uh, at seventy-seven. Also good for him. Seventy-seven. Also a winning number. Yeah. Ryan, do you want to eulogize George Romero? Oh, he's not here. Oh, I'm right. I really hope that we don't talk very much about horror movies for the rest of this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really too bad. I there was just news. Uh, not I, I don't know. Did did they say what he died of yet? Uh, what well, oldness? Bro- no, it was can- It was like he was bi- fighting cancer. Oh, was of some he? Kind, yeah. Oh shoot, because mm. he there he was in the news just like a, a month or so ago because he was talking about the next uh, dead movie, the yeah. next dead movie. I um, mean, like I mean, it's Night of the Living Dead. Like, what else do you have to say? But also, like the original Crazies. Um, yeah. Uh, freaking um, I I still love Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, especially the scene where the zombies are riding the elevators mm-hmm. or the escalators. Um, Day of the Dead's really good too. Land of the Dead is underappreciated. Um, he he's done some really good stuff over the years. He's really he's a really adept and socially conscious filmmaker, and yeah. it's a shame that we lost him. But yeah. uh, but seventy seven, good for him. That's a guy who made a like very significant impact on pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then finally, because everything happens in threes, uh, John Hurd died uh, at 71, though he looked <laughs> like way younger than George Romero. Uh, George, uh, John Hurd was the, the, the dad in, in Home Alone and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Often the corporate asshole in like 80s. Yes. Yeah. Business mm-hmm. movies. Uh, yeah. He was on The Sopranos. He was in Miami Vice. I believe he got nominated for an Emmy for The Sopranos. He was in Gladiator and The Pelican Brief. Uh, he oh. was even in the first Sharknado. Oh, oh, that's right. That's <laughs> too bad. But well, what a way to go! He was pretty awesome. So, anyway, too many deaths this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about something more fun. How about that Ready Player One trailer? Holy shit! We had we got a lot of trailers out of Denver Comic or not uh, out of San Diego Comic Con this week. It's did, just did we get any trailers out of Denver Comic Con? No, but that's not <laughs> a thing you expect to get. Um, Hollywood doesn't like us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny because when the when Slash Film put up their article with the Ready Player One thing, like the headline image was was the Iron Giant, and I was like, hmm. "Why? Why is this here? Why did you do this?" And then I watched this trailer, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is cool." Um, mm-hmm. this is like, when's the last time Spielberg made just a fun movie? What was the last just I mean, I'm fun sure he's trying to make BFG fun, but... Well, okay, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. It feels like it was Adventures of Tintin, and watching some of the action in this trailer, I, I have, I'm, it feels reminiscent of that. Yeah. Um, like those big, amazing, sweeping action sequences of Tintin mm-hmm. Crystal feel... Crystal maybe? <laughs> yeah, but Tintin was since that. Yeah, I, yeah. You're asking when was the last time he was trying to do that, and I'm trying to think like the last live action. Oh, thing, sure, you know, which sure. I yeah, guess yeah, in a way yeah, sure. it's not really live action because a lot of it's yeah, right. I don't even know what this is, but yeah, I mean anybody who doesn't know, it's it's uh, based on the book where it's mostly set in like a virtual reality world or or yeah, there's sort the of world is like overpopulated and uh, separated into elitists and the poor very much, and a lot of the poor just like because they have nowhere to go the, the environments just is filled with people and structures mm-hmm. they just stay at home and they live within this uh Internet. fantasy game interactive yeah. like vr game that uh was created by some genius programmer um and after he died he left like a secret map to a treasure like his life fortune or something hmm. and if you play the game enough and follow the clues you know someday someone will find it and like they'll become the next like his heir or something i forget i haven't read it i I haven't like 
So yeah. I read in 2011, and I, yeah, so I forgot it, something. Like but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with video games? I guess, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's not like a group of people that like, are um, that would make sense going through a factory or anything. But uh, might, That kind of makes sense why, um, so as we all know, Gene Wilder died last year. But I want to say about a year and a half prior to that, uh, there was rumblings that Spielberg was trying to get Gene Wilder to be in uh, Ready Player One. Um, and obviously we now know why that was not going to happen because he was straight up dying. Yeah. But I think that's what Mark Rylance is taking over for then now. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I forget what the villain part is. Um, I also like that they play Pure Imagination in the trailer and like a really cool version of it. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the actual conflict is, but the, the kid kind of goes through like his teenage years and then later his adult years. Like as he... Like the later half of the game, like he starts out with just the VR headset, and later on in life, he has like a full armchair rig and everything that hmm. like has a gyroscope in it. And, um, so I, I forget what the finale is. So interesting, but it's interesting because I've never, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I've, you know, read a book before seeing a movie of it. So like oh. I usually see movies and then look at you, look at you being all intellectual and shit. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's gonna be a weird experience to. Yeah. Know what's going to happen in a book-based movie for once. Yeah. That's and cool. And see how it translates. And so far, it's kind of like the whole car chase stuff I didn't see in my head in my head when I read the book. So, yeah. but the the whole like um RV structure and everything is pretty yeah. much like straight out of it. It looks really awesome. Well, I think the some of the like some of the original book art also yeah. has that that art on it so i think they were replicating that but still yeah um yeah no it looks it looks amazing um the copy i had was just uh space invaders on the cover basically. oh cool yeah so oh. uh alan silvestri is doing the uh this oh perfect i know what? oh oh, because what? what we haven't mentioned is that it's chock full of at, at least at this point warner brothers references um so the iron giant is in there the DeLorean is in there. That's Universal, but uh, Freddy oh Kruger, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah Freddy yeah. Krueger okay, is good. a Warner Brothers property, technically. So. Yeah. yeah, from New Line. Um, yeah. and stars Ty Sherrington from Mud. So that's good. And mm. X Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, shoot, I forgot. Never mind. Speaking of good, Stranger Things got a see or a trailer for season two. We gotta do this. Let's engage. Nothing's going to go back to the way that it was. Not really. I saw something. What is it? I don't know. I felt it everywhere. 
midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found. Sometimes I feel like I still see you. Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Whatever is happening is spreading from this place. What is it want? Not me. Everyone else. Which I think looks really good. Are those um, things even stranger than before? Uh, no. Okay. They're just similar kinds of strange. Okay. Um, you should call it the, just as strange. I like I like watching the boys like you know. Th- there's a lot of just them having fun together, sort of, um, and some just cool little nods. It it actually doesn't look quite as creepy, um, but I'm sure there's some creepy that they're hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it looks pretty good. Did you yeah. guys check it out? I only got to watch the first <coughs> half of it, and you know those kids set in the eighties. I'm, I'm in, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They at some point are gonna trap something in their ghost trap, yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> and it looks like the upside down world gets unleashed into the real world, so they blend together. So yeah, or we'll there's see. or there's something like I like I I kind of like the idea that instead of having will be like tormented by the fact that he maybe still has some some un- upside down stuck inside him like maybe that's sort of going to be his superpower that he can kind of pop in and out or have visions of the upside down because that's sort of what what happens in the trailer and while while that would be really disturbing and not that much fun you know if that helps them more than hurts them that might be better than just like hey sometimes i spit weird growing cucumber things into the sink mm-hmm. um so anyway we also got a new trailer for justice league what did you do this weekend, Diana? Me? Huh. Nothing very interesting. The world remains in mourning after the death of the Superman. And where is the Gotham Bat? The mass vigilante has been a no-show. He said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. We don't have any more time. Something is coming.
lanterns. Your Kryptonian. This world will fall. Like all the others. One misses the days when one's biggest concerns were exploding wind-up penguins. This is crazy. Honestly, I think we're all gonna die. Each of us, in some way, is held back. Don't engage alone. We'll do this together. It's really cool. You guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. Push some people and run away. Relax, Alfred. I'll take it from here. Uh, do I know you? Superman was a beacon to the world. He didn't just save people. He made them see the best parts of themselves. I don't recognize this world. We don't have to recognize him. We just have to save it. How many of you are there? Not enough. Do you really think that... Oh, wow, they just... They really just vanish. Huh? Oh. That's rude. said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. Uh, which is actually good. I've been saying for we- like for the last, I would say, four or five weeks, every time I go see a movie, it's got a Justice League trailer, and it's always the same one. And I don't... I. I was so frustrated because I was like, man, everyone loved Wonder Woman. Why haven't you released a Wonder Woman heavy trailer? And now they did. Like the whole, for Comic-Con. Right. Like the whole first half of this trailer is Wonder Woman punching people and dodging bullets and being cool. And, you know, Wonder Woman ladies being there and Steppenwolf arrives at the Amazon Island or whatever. Uh, and you're like, okay, cool. And then like, there's a little bit of Aquaman in there where he's like, I'm underwater. But yeah, this, I, I think it all looks great except for yeah. Steppenwolf. But yeah. Well, all you see of Steppenwolf is like the backside of his hind legs, and he talks some. If you freeze frames on the trailer, you can see his goofy ass CGI face. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and you're just like, uh, oh. I kind of, I'm afraid that this is going to be a very shallow villain he looks, uh, movie, well, yeah. and the focus is going to just be like, hey, let's watch these fun people assemble. Guardians of the Galaxy One has a very shallow villain, and the movie is awesome. But it's just like it's not going to be the thing that elevates it beyond, yeah, mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's going to be like, sure. oh, cool, you put a good. Hopefully, good addition to the Wonder Woman puzzle, and yeah, but it's I, not going to elevate. Which I think there's yeah. some. I think there's some really good lines of dialogue and some good sentiment. Oh, the in flash there. kills it. 
Yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. makes me interested in the flash. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is the most I've been interested in justice league. Yeah. Um, and the score, yeah. which I don't know if that's Danny Elfman's yet, but it's a blend of the man of steel. Yes. And the Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. themes together, which sounds super heroic. And they took the like dark filter off, which is nice. Yes. The only thing that like there's there's two things that that sort of irk me. One is from the original trailer, which is just that scene where where Wonder Woman says that that they said that the Age of Heroes would never return, and I was like, who are they? What is the who who are these people who are saying these? Like it's such a dumb line. Um, and then there's also some pretty heavy. I, I love Steppenwolf's actual like monologue in the trailer, but Batman's monologue of like Superman was this beacon of the light, and everyone and I'm like, dude, what the fuck have you? Where did this come from? Well, like keep in mind in that that second trailer that you hate so much, they show him like in a in a fucking like mountain on horseback and whatnot. Maybe he's been reflecting for the past like yeah. uh, year, whatever year and change. It's just yeah, it's just he, a weird he thing to also inspired Batman to like get yeah. over his gruffness and believe in the world again. It's a better movie than Batman vs. Superman. Like, I, I would rather have that version of, like, like it It makes be- Superman better than he was in Superman vs. Batman, or whatever that movie was, Batman vs. Superman. Um, whereas here I might be like, oh, yeah, okay, I might actually be interested. But I can also see the writing on the wall that, like, I think there is a the, the whole B-plot of, hey, Superman's going to come back and then help out at the end is going to be the undoing of this movie. Like, cause right now I'm like, great, cool. Like we get some friends together. There's a crazy guy with a hammer walking around blowing up islands or whatever. Which by the and... way, remember when they first started marketing this movie with the, the posters of like Aquaman, like uh, the words were unite the seven. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is it the seas? Is it the justice league? But even with Superman coming back, that's only six heroes. So, Oh yeah. Maybe there's a surprise. Is there yet another surprise on the way or Shazam, is that just a big perhaps? mistake? Is that maybe who got who overzealous sh- and were like, Oh, maybe we won't have seven. Well, there was some news that Shazam is the next one in production. Maybe there is. And they, they talk about lanterns in the trailer too. So maybe yeah, they talk about lanterns, um, which I'm cool with. And then, just, like, I'd like to know if that was a, like a marketing, thing where they're like we were planning on seven but when we actually edited it we kind of realized it was way too much to put in a movie yeah so it, that's why we've only been marketing five which is fine um so the, I, i'm just curious there's there's the trailer stinger um where alfred is like you know drinking water and a tyrannosaurus rex walks up and shakes his glass and he's like i, I you said you'd come uh, or whatever maybe that's maybe that's the rock in shazam outfit and mm. you know um, which would probably make more sense because well, it's not like Rock Superman Black Adam. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, right. Never mind. Uh, it would not make a lot of sense if it was Superman because I don't know why Superman is walking around so heavy. Uh, but maybe maybe they just shot that for the trailer. Um, maybe it is an yeah. actual Tyrannosaurus Rex. It'd be great if it was a T Rex. If it was <laughs> if it was fucking if it was fucking super dinosaur. Robert Kirkman's super dinosaur shows up and he's the other two. Um. Or maybe yeah. it's Cyborg Superman, and that's the scene right before uh, he grabs Alfred by the head and then snaps his neck like the RoboCop 2. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. And then you're like, oh, no, Alfred. And then there's a whole fourth act where they have to fight evil robot Superman. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Like I said, that B-plot's going to really suck this movie into a shithole. Or Eradicator Superman. Or Steel. <laughs> or Superboy. <laughs> yeah. Speaking um, of shitty, uh, sucky shitholes, uh, we got a trailer for jog- Jigsaw this week. Oh, Anybody? take yeah. that back. <laughs> Dillweed. Uh, yeah. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> this is a terrible movie. Um, no, it's not. 
really uh, but yeah if you want to see a lot of people get murdered i i like so this this trailer concerns me a lot <laughs> it's like a blockbuster version of the soft franchise yeah. i'm just like everything that's not looks what very I like about clean the soft yeah, yeah very crisp there's the, there's no poo stains on a freaking wall like in the first one is that what you're hoping would come back (laughs) (laughs) I really like those poop walls man (laughs) seven movies they never got back to those walls (laughs) where did I find out where did that poop come from I need smeared shit on the wall (laughs) Um, no but like so that even that even that didn't bother me it's that fucking stinger at the end where Billy the puppet comes out and the guy tongue in cheekly says well, that's not creepy at all. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I was like, I, one of the reasons I love Saw is that it takes itself seriously and it doesn't have to go down the road of like self-referential bullshit, you know? But this is not bad because obviously Cabin in the Woods does it well. Sam Raimi does it well. Yeah, this isn't Cabin in the Woods. I know. This is that, that's the thing. So like, why are you stepping into territory? Like, not everything has to be funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like, it, you, th- the whole point of this movie theoretically is to reboot the series because at some point as you and i have discussed before the series kind of goes off the rails and jumps so many sharks what is this technically seven this would be the eighth one oh my goodness the trail also reminded me of like a final destination movie yes this feels like final destination it Uh looks like final destination three Mm -hmm. yeah or or four yes i think they had three they They at least no they had yeah there's five or six of them oh my god um but I'm just saying, like, th- three or four. I think four is when they just renamed it the Final Destination. Whatever the ones that's in, like, in the amusement park. That's yes, I think that's of. four. That's three. Oh, is it three? Yeah, it's three. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's, this trio looks like to me. It, so, yes. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. The, the, the first one was kind of like an indie film, which is great. Yeah. The The thing on this trailer is, is that it's really not... There's there's barely a hint of what the story's going to be. It's really about... and. Sell it, get us back into the groove of there's going to be some traps, there's going to be some uh, creepy puppets. It's going to be show you some more clever ways to kill people. Yeah, like, yeah, the, and clever. There's a <laughs> lot of people in the trailer <laughs> mm-hmm. in traps, mm-hmm. so there's probably just a lot of sequences of people getting murdered in traps, and which like, which also kind of sucks because so again, as you said, the first one's an indie film. Doesn't really focus on jigsaw. It focuses on fucking oh, a good mystery. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of like lights turning on and people going like, "Where am I? Hello, get me out of here." <laughs> yeah, over and over again. I want you to yeah. redub the trailer for jigsaw. Going, like, <laughs> Who are you? Where yeah. am I? It's <laughs> 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 a puppet on a, on a bike. I want to play a game. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Seven. I'll still go. Seven's a really good movie. Um. Pacific Rim Uprising also oh, yeah. got a trailer this week. Jeez, um, it's less of, week. less of a trailer and more of a video game announcement a call to video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of a. Uh, it, it feels very like uh, oh, not like a PSA. Um, Robots are Starship coming, and you have to fight too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very Starship Troopersy, uh, which got, is kind of cool. And it's got like, and it's got Finn guys. Yeah, it's, it's got, got Finn. Finn. Um, doing his best Idris Elba impression, well, he's which is pretty British, good. So he is actually, I know. He's getting to use his own voice. Yeah, it sounds great. Because uh, he, he he plays Idris Elba's son from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. They don't show you any monsters at all. But for some reason, there's still a reason to have giant Jaeger bot things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope there's monsters if the movie is like, oh, no, we're, now we're at war. That won't be as cool. I'm sure there will be giant monsters because 
that was part of what was so great about the first one. Um, Kaiju. Yeah. Uh, the, yes, the, well, technically The Walking Dead also got a trailer this week, but that's not what's important. Uh, Robert Kirkman said he's going to finish the, uh, end the book, um, which would be more interesting if Ryan was here. But neither of us read the book anymore, so maybe that doesn't matter either. Uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sure Ryan doesn't read it anymore. Yeah. I think maybe the last time you guys have talked about it, you just, like, have complained that oh, he yeah. sucks at writing, so. Yeah. Probably no. good. <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting. I'd love to know what the, what the scores are on that book, because it's one of the few comics that, at least for the first eight years, um, Every week or every month, it sold more than the previous month uh, for a very long time. And I'm sure that was true, you know, well up until you know, it, that may have changed in the last year or two. Um, but, you know, anyway, um, do, 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 do. the guy who's made, who made Pete's Dragon might want to make some some mutant turtle movies. But as we talked about before the show, the likelihood that anyone will make a mutant turtle movie is probably not very likely. Did you say like? What his vision for it is? Like no, he wants I think to. He said he wanted to do it based on the cartoon or the comics or um, the new stuff. I said, I would do a Ninja Turtles movie. I thought Secret of Ooze was the best movie ever when it came out. Okay, never mind. I went. Back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went back. I went back and watched it, and I was like, "Oh man, I feel so bad for my parents having to sit through this three times with me." Okay. I bought I bought this the, the soundtrack on cassette. That's what he said. Okay. Well, he's at least aware. He also added in the interview, anything Brad Haig wants is okay. Now, wait a second. Just a few minutes ago, you said you would rather watch Secret of the Ooze than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, no. It's, 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 I mean, I do enjoy that movie more, but, um, it's not the best of the turtle movies, so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I think he was saying that when he was a kid. But he understands that. It was the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was literally the best thing ever. But it's a fun movie, so I get like why he would like it of yeah. the bunch, but yeah. You're you're both wrong. It's Turtles in Time. Fuck. Number three. All those movies are just bad. Um well, Yeah, I don't know why he was being I'm trying to look table. at it now <laughs> and figure out why he was being interviewed. Because he also directed Ain't Them Body Saints. Um Anyway. anyway. Uh yeah. So that's a thing. And then Doctor Who's a woman. Uh, and that's not good. What? No! The internet My hates male women. role models. Damn it. Ah. And he's a doctor. Doctors can't be women. No, like, of course come not. On. And women can't be judges. Uh, obviously, if you can't tell through the Sarcasm. internet that we're totally the sarcastic. Of, and the, the veneer of like Trey Parker imitations. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a yeah, they should. man. I can't take a woman <laughs> being a character on a fictional thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, After no, the 12th or 13th time. It's actually interesting enough I might start watching Doctor Who years. again. Even though Stephen Moffat still runs that show, uh, as long as like River Song doesn't show up again and is like, but, but now I'm in love with this woman. Like I just I watch Doctor Who you. so infrequently that uh, I, I I really could give two fucks who's the Doctor. Yeah, the Doctor could be a dog for all I care. <laughs> yeah, if if she's fun, then cool. Um, Make sure it's a talking dog though. Yeah, that'd be maybe, awesome. Uh, there is a, it's Doctor Who, so that you got Canine, the, the robot talking. Oh, that's dog. right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like I said, I watch it so infrequently. I, I don't know anything. <laughs> he drives up and he pokes things with a little antenna suction cuppy thing. Mm -hmm. Doctor Who was once great. I hope it could be great again. 
Anyway, uh, that's uh, that's news. Unless I miss anything. Um, earlier when we were talking about Alan Silvestri, did you almost ask us who is Alan Silvestri? No, 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 no. Okay. I was gonna ask because um, I thought I read something where John Williams was doing the score for Ready Player One, and then he was replaced by Silvestri. Is that just because John Williams needs a nap? Or I think they're just working on it together. Oh, uh, okay, cool. I just want to make sure John Williams isn't on his deathbed right now. No, I saw his name in there, too. Yeah, I'm um, sure he's busy with something called Star Wars. I'm sure he's also Jedi. busy with, like, man, I'm fucking old as shit, and I'd like to spend time with my family. And also, there's a Spielberg movie coming out this year in December, so... Yeah. And Spielberg has gotten comfortable with not having Williams do his scores. Right. Like, he's still... Alan Silvestri's, like, like the movie. king of the 80s. Yeah. Um, and he did Back to the Future. So there's... Two frame Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. When, when you get Back to the Future, when, when you get DeLorean moments... It could have the Back to the Future score in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all, that's all I got. It's cool. Aaron. Oh, and if you care, Ben Affleck is still Batman, guys. Yeah. Ben Affleck says he's still going to be Batman. We'll see. They should yep. throw a lot of money at that guy because if he leaves, this whole thing's going to become a clusterfuck. And you know what? If that happens, you'll everybody will have nobody to blame but themselves because I supported this from day one. <laughs> Um, I'm staking that I'm the only reason this is still a thing. <laughs> I have that high an ego. <laughs> Great. Good for you, Zach. I know. <laughs> cool. That's uh, that's news. How about uh, some Blu-rays? DVD releases and Blu-rays. There's a lot of weird shit this week. Uh, Silkwood is getting a Criterion. Or no, not a Criterion. It's just a Blu-ray release, mm-hmm. uh, which is an old Meryl Streep, super handsome Kurt Russell and share movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the sorry, the Criterion this week is Lost in America with with Albert Brooks. Cool, that's a good film. Billy Jack. Oh, oh man! When I opened this, I thought it was the actual Billy Jack. It's it's actually the complete collection of Billy Jack. Yep. Which I mean, they, they, yeah. Which they put out. Shout shouts putting it out, but they put yes. out the collection years ago that was like fifty bucks, and this is only like twenty five and mm-hmm. on Blu Ray. So yeah. I'm like. Damn, I'm there. So this has Born Losers, Billy Jack, The Trial of Billy Jack, and then Billy Jack Goes to Washington. Yep. So you can go watch Billy Jack hit some people. You can watch Billy Jack define the Western hero in the 70s. Uh, Jack Nicholson in John Huston's Prizzy's Honor. Pritzy's Honor. Whatever. It's a mafia movie, and it's really good. It, and it's, if you making fun of it, no, means nothing to me. I, 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 <laughs> it's... I just can't read. That's all. Straight to my John Houston. Uh, maybe my favorite title of the week. Uh, Gregory Peck in Night People, uh, which is just a pretty good looking cover. Uh, so you can check that out. And then here's the real meat of the week. Uh, the Zodiac Killer is getting a Blu-ray release this week, which we talked about last week or the week before because it was the Alamo was showing it, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the the movie made to hopefully catch the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Such a great story. It looks, pr- <laughs> it looks pretty amazing. Um, I'm gonna set up a trap in the lobby of the theater. This is technically, it's AGFA releasing it. Yeah, the American a, Genre Film uh, yeah, Association. Yep, AGFA. Um, the Night Shift is a movie getting re- is a horror movie getting released this week from somebody. It doesn't I don't think it, it's SGL. Um, it's a movie where a guy is a security guard and maybe somebody kills him uh arrow here's the really good stuff arrow is releasing the reanimator this week uh, with a pretty badass looking cover um that's actually that's actually pretty cool yeah you should go look at the cover of the reanimator um and then the actual screen factory release this week is slither from james gunn 
which has got a pretty badass cover as well. That movie's cool. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen Slither, mm-hmm. there's a lot of slugs in that film. Zombie slugs. Yeah. Anyway, that is the Blu-rays this week. There's like nothing, no, no, like this year releases this week, which is weird. I pre-ordered uh, the Mask of the Phantasm Blu-ray off of the Warner Brothers site. Oh hell yeah! For un- whatever ungodly price, like almost thirty bucks. <laughs> Thinking just, that you just know, a take my money moment. Being an MOD, you could only get it from that site, and all I've seen is how everyone else is getting it. So oh. also weird thing, I saw Free Fire is at Walmart right now. What? And it's not supposed to come out till like end of August. How did? Yeah, I don't know. Walmart's how, breaking the rules. Yeah, huh? By yeah, a lot. Maybe they, maybe they, so. Yeah, maybe they super screwed up. But if you want Free Fire right now, <laughs> um, hurry before they hear this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny. On Blu-ray and DVD. Head of Walmart's just like fuck the real nerds found us out. <laughs> <laughs> the real nerds brought down the entire Walmart family. <laughs> it, it only took us guys. <laughs> fuck you, Sam huge. Walton. <laughs> Just a caveat that there is not anything interesting. Like, there's nothing new coming out. Oh, oh okay. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe it is just a lull. I thought maybe. You know, there have been times in the past where digital bits, as much as we love them, uh, was a little bit mm-hmm. behind on some stuff. So I thought maybe I was missing something. But no, it looks like this week and next week there's just not a whole lot. So yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. uh, what was it? I think Shout Factory or Scream Factory announced a bunch of stuff at. San Diego, like, uh, oh, matinees yeah? coming out. They're doing... Oh, that's um, going to be so cool. Have you ever seen matinee? Mac and Me. Oh, Mac and oh, Me? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Everyone in the comments is like, you got to put the Paul Rudd stuff on there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they uh, absolutely do. Him somehow. Um, oh, yeah. I fucking love when Matt, he shows that clip every time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Drag Me to Hell's getting a Screen Factory. Yeah. So, and a bunch of other stuff. So that really amazing steel book of Fargo comes out in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Did anyway, you pre-order it? No, I didn't, but oh. I should. Cool. Uh, what have you guys been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Should we fight for it? Uh, no, I'm going to... I'm going to... Zach, you go first. Okay. You never um, go first. I uh, watched a couple of things this week. Um, so, um, as I alluded to earlier, I finally saw The Majestic for the first time. Oh, cool. And, like... I like that movie. So, the reputation of it, I think, kind of dictated my traveling down the road these many years without seeing it. The Is reputation? It, yeah. It's, it's got a really shitty reputation. People say it's bad when it's great. Yeah. Um, yes. So this is the thing. It's because everybody thought it was like People something it wasn't, and then halfway through it becomes a movie about blacklisting, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So like this is the thing. So like, it's not a perfect film. It's it's oh. it's not a perfect film, and I'm it's pretty good. I say that because Darabont made two very perfect films prior to this. Sure. But I think... I love Jim Carrey in it. I love Martin Landau in it. Like it's a very touching story for most of it. Um, I do think that there are times when, as you said, like because there's twists in this movie, like all throughout, and some of them, to me in my mind, don't always balance out the way I want them to. And maybe that's just me being selfish. But um, overall, it was a really good movie. Might have been a little too long, but whatever. Yeah, I think that movie's problem was because I remember when it came out and the way it was marketed and. We didn't go see it because of the way it was marketed, and then we rented it at home. I was, you know, young and out, like I saw it with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we rented it when it came out, and I was like, "This is 
this is good. Mm-hmm. But the trailer made it kind of look more like, like it emphasized the whole early part of like, who's this guy in town and what, where's he from? Yeah, the whole and that made thing. it. Yeah, it made it seem like either a kind of weak thriller or some kind of romancy movie. Like I just remember the trailers being like, no, oh, that doesn't seem good. And then when you find out what the movie's really about, I was like, this is cool and interesting. Some of it was just as a kid, like, learning about that stuff. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. So it had that effect. But I, yeah, I've, I've always loved that movie. And, um, and any movie that loves movies yeah. is always good on my book. But it yeah. is weird. I remember working at Blockbuster and, like, people just ragging on that film. And I was like, wait, why don't you guys like The Majestic? Who doesn't like The Majestic? Um, and then I realized like, that, yes, I, I think it, everybody, <laughs> yeah, it must've been a whiplash in my mind. That's what it was. Is yeah. that if you went into that movie cause you wanted to see the, whatever that trailer was, you didn't get that. I think it was um, also at a time when people were still into Jim Carrey as a comedian. Sure. And so they were still accepting his dramatic roles. Like, cause like Truman show and man on the moon are still comedic. Yeah. And this is very, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. This is not. Mm. anywhere close to comedic in my opinion like there's yeah. funny moments but they're not necessarily relying it on him it's certainly mm-hmm. the farthest from comedic yeah because like three i think i mean were you were you do you not think truman show and man on the moon are funny no man on the moon's not funny compared to ace ventura or like well, well, okay. oh, no 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 of no, course. no no yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah. is like at that time people yeah. were like oh when's he gonna do more like the mask yes mm-hmm. yes um, and so they saw the majestic like oh it's another one of the dramatic ones like man on the moon which people didn't see right or the truman show which people saw and then were like oh it's not the right. mask yes so that's what i was saying but people, people should uh, watch man on the moon it's extremely funny and extremely heartbreaking yeah i was gonna say like all three of those movies in my mind are way better and stand up way more than his early comedic self. Oh, I do and love... I d- it's not that I'm disagreeing with you, because, yes, at the time, no, that's exactly why people... I'm just saying that perception is like, I think that yeah. hurt the Majestic. Oh, totally. I no, agree. I love Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Not necessarily when nature calls, but... Anyway, uh, right. so I also... That's well, probably part of what I missed, because I didn't like those movies when I was a kid. So I saw the Majestic, and I was like, this is great, because I didn't have that stigma, because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, great, this guy's doing something I like. Yeah. yeah. If he made that movie now, it would probably do way better. Yeah. Um, so, um, I watched Deadwood, uh, again. Um, I like Deadwood. It's a good series. <laughs> when, when Alice Swearingen, Swearingen says cocksucker all the time. Yeah. No, um, no other thing does that that we're talking about. Yeah. I like the sequel series to Deadwood, Justified. That, that's just great. <laughs> Hannah and her sisters is always going to be a movie directed by Woody Allen. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ed Wood, obviously I watched it. Woody cause... Harrelson was in <laughs> <laughs> the movie you watched last week. Uh. What are the things that have wood in them? <laughs> James Woods got angry at mm. Neil Patrick Harris. I mean, that's the thing. Anyway, go, go Ed, ahead. Ed Wood, this really good movie by this guy named Tim Burton. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's his best movie that he's ever made. It is. And, um, uh... I so I I mean I've seen this movie so many fucking times uh-huh. like so there's not really much else to report other than like like I cried more during this screening because of Landau's passing like so um but uh the uh <laughs> I fucking love like I, I love Jeffrey Jones in the movie because he's like I, I love the scene where uh Johnny Depp's like uh, how do you know we'd be living on Mars in 20 years <laughs> I I guessed what <laughs> I made it up. It's horse shit. <laughs> and I just like that the, the turnaround on that is is that he uses Criswell's bullshit to raise money for his movie in the yeah. backers party. Um, Criswell predicts that this film will be a smashing success. <laughs> um, 
And uh, I think it, I think it's my favorite Johnny Depp performance too. Mm-hmm. To uh, with the exception of maybe some other ones, like I mean, <laughs> I have a soft spot for Donnie Bros- Don- Donnie Brasco, and obviously yeah. Captain Jack, and yes, Gila Point. But um, you know, it's it, I think it's the it's it, in a weird way it's the most grounded he's ever really been because it's a weird character, but it's not extremely weird because no. it's it's grounded by like he's a fucking alcoholic, <laughs> so um, like which the film barely touches, but it touches it enough to sh- like because it kind of like parallels to a different addiction it's basically two addicts supporting each other essentially like it uh yeah uh facilitating what's what's the word i'm looking for enabling yes so um so yeah i watched that again it's good um after the day after we recorded last week i took an early matinee mo- screening of the big sick oh cool uh the big Great. sick is the film that uh made me believe in the power of a romantic comedy again because I hadn't watched a actual romantic comedy uh, since 2010's Life as We Know It when Katherine Heigl basically took a whole shit on the entire <laughs> genre and made me want to set the prince on fire. <laughs> um, so uh, it's a really good film. Kamel Nanjiani gives my favorite male performance of the year right now. Wow. I think it's that strong. He's really good. He's very good in it. Ray Romano, like, it's, it's weird because like, I, I love supporting characters a lot. And he is among the best this year. Ray Romano kills it. And so is Holly Hunter. I actually really, I love the conversation with Holly Hunter and Kumail um, talking about how she first met her husband. Yeah. Um, And then, um, uh, and that whole scene, the the setup scene and the scene itself where they go to the club, mm. the comedy club is so good. Like so good. Romano's reaction at the end of that scene is really good. Yeah. Where he just like, he's been timid this entire time. And then at one point he just fucking explodes. Um, and like, I mean, do you plan on seeing it, Brad? No, you okay. should not spoil the big Yeah, set. there's a scene that we're, I... We are not... There's yeah. a scene that I... There's two scenes that I really love that are very near the end, but I, I won't talk about them until you and I have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can talk about them off the air, but... Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I, I really recommend you go see The Big Sick. Um, I think it has enough clout behind it that I could see an Oscar nomination on Camille Nanjiani's resume by the end of next year, so... It's great. It's very, very good. It's too yeah. early. You know what? It's outside Oscar season. They'll ignore it. Yeah, they probably will. You know what? Brad, have hope. <gasps> and it doesn't matter. Superman's you dead. I don't have hope. It's, it's, you, you saw yeah. that. <laughs> Which, by the way, that poster for Justice League is sweet, where it has all the logos and mm-hmm. the, it takes everyone to save the world or something. Yeah, it's pretty oh, cool. I don't think it looks I like saw an that. Alex, Alex Ross painting. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Anyway. Um, I, uh, I watched uh, Rift Tracks Live from Sketchfest 2016. It's really good. Um, and uh, Or 2015, sorry. The one year before, because I watched the other one last week. Um, I watched Eight Mile again. Uh, still pretty good. Late Curtis Hansen did a really good job directing that movie about a white rapper, and uh, Kim Basinger being his mom. You know, were you talking about this one where the letters are switched out for other? Sorry, I stopped the thing. <laughs> the one where the letters are switched out for other things, like a like a coexist li- label. Yes, not that one. Uh, oh, uh, which one? one? This one? No. Oh. Yeah, it's all right. It feels too much like a coexist uh, bumper sticker. Who's the C? Cyborg. Oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah, anyway, sorry. So what else you watch? Whatever. The artist recommends that poster. <laughs> <laughs> the Alex Ross part of it I love because it, lo- it looks like... Um, 
Uh, what's that? It's Kingdom, an Alex Ross poster. Come. Yes, it looks like Kingdom Come. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, oh, sorry. Go cover. ahead, Zach. I I apologize for interrupting. I also watched the movie Derailed because apparently that's what we do every week. <laughs> oh, did, did you? Did you really? No, I did. The Van Damme <laughs> that's a, one. That's or a rough the movie. No, Jennifer no. Aniston one. Yeah, no, the no. one where I, Jennifer I, Aniston gets raped and then she doesn't. I didn't. I just wanted to point something out here. Um, <laughs> uh. No, uh, only other things that I watched this week were um, I saw a movie called The Long Island Massacre or Long Island Long Island Railroad Massacre, and it's a documentary about. It's strange. So it's the way the film's set up. It, it's so it's the story about this guy who opened fire on a subway train uh, while it was in motion back in uh, 1993, and uh, essentially it's like the survivors recounting the tale and whatnot, and. Um, uh, then the twist is that the guy who uh, was apprehended at the scene ends up throwing away his defense team and represents himself on the stand. And Always a good sign because of they, him being crazy. Well, but that's the thing. They legally couldn't find him crazy. So that's why he was able to represent himself. Because if you're not declared legally insane, you can represent yourself. Oh, I got you. But if you're declared legally insane... You can't. You they they won't let you do that at sure. all. So um, the story is interesting. Um, I think that what I like about it is that it doesn't like it. It has to unfortunately tell the story about the asshole who did it, but at the same time, there's enough stuff about the people involved in the scenario that it, it's a strong narrative in and of itself. So cool. um, it's interesting. It's on Amazon Prime. I would totally check it out. Um, and then I watched Zodiac again because. Um, um, is occurred to me that we're probably going to do a 2007 film explosion list at some point. Mm. And I like watching movies from 2007 because it's a great year in cinema. Um, Zodiac's still really good. Um, probably the best David Fincher movie we'll ever get. Mm. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no, that was a hmm about uh, film explosions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway, mm-hmm. that's all I watched this week. I think we considered cool. doing a film explosion for like August 4th to the 6th, but then I realized I will be gone because of the 48th, so we should not do it that week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll figure something else we'll out. We'll do a film explosion of Brad's films so that we can shit on him while he's not here. That's nice. I uh, know. We won't That's do that. That's terrible. Why would you do that? Brad, what's your, <laughs> what'd you watch this week? Well, this week, um, I rewatched with Bob and David because Netflix will get rid of it soon. Oh, really? Oh, they are going to get rid of it? Well, it's part Didn't of the- they make it? What? Didn't they make it? Yeah. But it's part of the the list of things that they're like culling from their, like all the, the stuff they produced that they're just like, making room for the new stuff. Mm. But aren't they? I, I thought that was just like, hey, we're not going to make more of this. No, would I, they actually remove the it news, from Netflix? Wasn't that the thing about last week of like, hey, say goodbye to these shows because I don't know, huh? I'd have to go look at it again. I just took that as. Hey, they're not going to make more of these shows. Like these are Netflix shows that they aren't interested in pursuing anymore. It'd be a oh. very dumb idea to take that down. Because yeah, if you take it down, like then where do you get it? That's the thing is like, and why we've been really against streaming for years on this show is like, yeah, we're screwed if because there's no Blu-ray of it. I would have to think because there's no reason for them to take it down. There might be like it just it's it takes up storage space on their servers and then they yeah, have to buy more servers storage space is like nothing you'd be surprised especially in the, in the when it goes to the 4k realm like sure it's but chew up some gigabytes there but but we don't we don't netflix makes up 14 percent of all like internet usage in the world i made that statistic up but it, <laughs> it actually is something ridiculous like that like if you go i think it's more than that it's not about um, us it's about like I'm just saying, <laughs> and like owning those rights and things. They got and, uh, they got a lot of fucking money. 
uh, and they throw it at a lot of dumb shit. I would be, it would be insane for them to produce content and then take, because their whole thing right now is transitioning to a world where they produce enough content that you have the like that you would have the subscription whether they got new release movies or not, right? Yeah. So it's better for them to have that content sitting there since they already paid for it than to get rid of. It. I I'm just gonna go back and relook at it because that's insane. Like, bean counters run the show and there's no guarantee of anything. So I'm just like I'm preparing for a world where there's no with Bob and David. <laughs> If I could, uh, if, if I if, if I could I capture it. it off the TV, I would, um, and that's great and fun. And I forgot the other thing I was going to say about it because we were talking about that instead. Um, that was my plan. Yeah, I rewatched Glow for the third time because that show's great. I watched that this week too. Yeah, and I've just had Mark Maron's uh, line in my head of you watched the whole thing, right? It did. Uh, all week, I just the part where uh, he's picking on uh, Ruth, saying like, "And here's Ruth." Here she's the home wrecker. She's got no man, no love, no friends. Her hair's brown, the color of shit. Oh, I love when yeah. she first comes up and he's like, "I don't even know if I find you attractive." Yeah, like sometimes I look at your face and I'm like, "Yeah," and then I look at it and I go, "Nope." <laughs> like what the fuck? It's a very good show. Uh, yeah. yeah, that show is great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I would say like. It was funny when I when I finally got into the part you were talking about last week about like them fighting over a guy. I was like, they're not really fighting. It's just no. Like, neither of those women want him. Right. Like he's. I, I meant <laughs> fighting like they're fighting between each other. Yeah. Like their their strife is caused by their relationships with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, but I think that that part of it is fine. And I think the which I forgot to mention that, was weird coming off of Glow. Like Rich Summer is the heel in both those. <laughs> shows so wait in, in, he's in glow and what uh love sorry oh uh, love I oh glow yeah again? yes yeah. yes yeah you did uh yes that is true um yeah that's right shit um yeah uh yeah no he, i i think the that glow is fantastic um Allison Brie's really good in it. Uh, the woman who plays i don't even know who she is but she plays the other main woman Debbie um yeah she's yeah. fantastic uh that whole show is is pretty great, and then the even the ancillary characters cool. get like even though it's a little time, they mm-hmm. still like still feel like really fleshed out characters. Like yeah. uh, Sheila's really funny, yeah. Wolf girl, um, <laughs> wolf, fucking wolf girl. Yeah, like oh, the part where she's so like, uh, Mark Miller's like, oh, I brought you a squirrel. What's my cologne? He's just like Dracar Noir. Like, trick question. I'm not, wearing, I'm not wearing cologne, but I do wash my clothes in it. <laughs> so you get yes. points for that. She's like, I like points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And by the, it, it builds really well to that finale so that when the, I mean, the whole, most of the, the final oh, episode yeah. is the match. Him and fantasizing so fun. about like the initial idea of the show when the two main girls start fighting and it's like the super sexualized version of Glow yes. he's imagining. And then by the end where it's like the heroic Rocky style. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's good. super good. And then he sends in, uh, uh, welfare oh, queen, welfare queen. <laughs> who's this awful character, mm-hmm. but great. Yeah. Um, and the twist yeah. with his daughter is great too. Yes. Oh, so you want to make out again? What? What? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That show's really great. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so yeah, if you uh, have a Netflix account, you should watch Glow. Yeah. Apparently, before they take it off of the internet forever, I don't think that's gonna happen. Anyway, even like Rob Lowe Light, uh, Bash. <laughs> oh like, yes, he's got yes. some good stuff in there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had the whole episode when they 
when they do the the car wash is pretty good oh man yeah yeah i like it a lot yeah um i also went and saw mystery science Theater 3000 live cool the paramount theater and That's that neat. was so much fun i can't yeah? tell you oh man um, i could have done without the two guys behind me narrating the movie themselves um did they understand they were there to see people narrate the movie for them i don't think so Man. I think, I mean, I, th- I think they, well, they clearly heard what the people I paid to see were saying because they would repeat those lines for me <laughs> immediately after they were said. Always good, um, good comedy. The best ones was when, you know, Crow would say bang because the character had a gun. They watched, we, uh, they riffed on Ega. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Which <laughs> had been done by the original cast. Yeah. But this is Jonah Ray and the new guys. Uh, minus Baron Vaughn, I think it was. Um so yeah, they would also shout "bang" right behind me in my ears, which is great. That's great. Yeah, um, people who do that, if you're listening, just stay home. Yep. You just don't. You, you we sh- we just want to revoke your right to leave the house. There's 12 episodes on Netflix that you can totally check out and do that if you want to in the yeah. privacy of your home, yeah. own home. Yeah, just stay where home. people didn't sp- spend forty dollars to hear you. Yeah, gross. Awful. Actually, sixty, I think, because the convenience charge is like twelve bucks. Oh yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, they uh, the Felicia Day and Pat Oswalt obviously are pre-recorded. Yeah. But Jonah Ray and the robots are all on stage. And cool. Joel Hodgson comes came out. They were running behind or something, so he had to riff with the crowd, like do some crowd work, and that was fun. So he had people from the audience ask questions of him and stuff. And then uh, it was all centered. A lot of the live stuff was centered around uh, the the invention of the week was the snake gun. So it was like a bunch of springs snakes that they would shoot out of cannons and into the crowd and into each other cool um that they made themselves like custom made oh huh. it's like that's probably why it was called watch out for the snakes yeah. yeah and then periodically through the movie it would just break and then kingo would come out like this big old siren thing like watch out for snakes <laughs> and they cut back into the movie and the jokes in the movie were so good cool like just one Had after another Ega one with the original cast before Mm-mm. it's funny so i yeah. can only imagine this is just as fun so yeah i mean that's is my only cool. reference, and it was great. Very cool. Uh, That's awesome, man. So, are they filming this thing? I uh, hope so. I didn't see any. I get, yeah, there was a there was a. Uh, I don't think so because there was a camera guy, but he was like shooting the audience so that audience could be projected on the screen. Oh, behind them, huh? Um, but I didn't see like any other cameras there. But also, I was in the balcony, so I couldn't see a lot of the back of the ground of the f- level. So there might have been cameras in the back. Hmm. Interesting. With the long lenses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you get a chance to see the tour, I recommend it because it's Very a ton cool. of fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I did go see The Big Sick. Oh, shit. Already. So um, I could have talked about like, a really good scene. <laughs> did you like about? Did you like The Big Sick? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just, I, all I can really say about it is it's a good movie and it's acted well all around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good story, good movie. You know, that's about it. Can I mention that scene that I wanted to talk about then? Because if you want to spoil it for everyone who hasn't seen it yet, yeah, I do. Who's listening? Long story short, Camille's character it kind of like, quote unquote, like hurts his family, and like they start shunning him. 
I love the scene where he comes back to the house and they're not expecting yeah. him and he creates, he basically tells them the family, I'm, you're not, you can't kick me out of the family. Yeah. But I love the cards that he prepared. So good. <laughs> the writing like, how are you? Past the salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. That, that scene is really, is really sweet. So funny. And the scene, but the scene, a couple scenes before it is the confrontation with him and his parents. And it is like, it's one of the most mature things I've ever seen in a rom-com yeah. ever because it's like it it kind of covers a certain angle of the rom-com that you don't really talk about. I would argue that 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 their their fight early in the film before she goes into the coma is really raw and honest and, Oh yeah, I know it is. I'm not I'm, I'm not is, I'm not woof. I'm I'm not uh man downpouring that at all, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just man, that yeah, that mm-hmm. sequence is great. Yeah. I wish I could know what um if there's anything, because it's based on their real life, like mm. how much of it is embellished or if that's sure. really like exactly what they went through. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like that with the cards. I'm like, is he really that clever enough or is that like written for Just the screen? Wait for the Blu-ray. I'm sure. I mean, a lot of that stuff is going to be, you're going to change it a lot to make it work as a film. Because um, I'm also curious. I'm more curious about some of the things that I think are pretty critical, like like the ankle details um, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where I'd love to know, like, is that real or, oh, and the whole thing with the doctor asking him to sign the paperwork, like, did that really happen? Cause that's such an extreme moment that that seems like as it happened, I was like, I don't know that I could do that. Like, or is that actual procedure or like, would yeah, that get like the it, hospital in trouble? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like this is this moment that I would super like. I would be very uncomfortable with, and so obviously so was he. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, the the commentary on that movie will be great. Mm-hmm. Is probably what we what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, as long as they do a good job and actually, because yeah, I would love like them to do a commentary on that Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I saw was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie uh, at the Esquire midnight last night. Since we're doing this on a Saturday, I was able to do that and talk about it now. And that movie's still awesome. Uh, I think in the past they've done the film print there. So seeing the digital version, it was super clean and really bright to watch, which is great. Um, the only downside is that I feel like a lot of people who do go see that movie at the midnight are seeing it ironically. Mm. And so people are just there to talk and make fun of the movie. Why would they do that? <laughs> Cause, uh, <laughs> sorry. Cause they have <laughs> an a, a different memory of uh. the, um, legacy of that movie than i do sure so whereas they don't take it as seriously so it's not as fun to sit through i think i went through a period where i didn't take it seriously where as opposed to when i was a kid i did take it seriously but after i watched the ninja turtles documentary uh, like it was like turtle power turtle power yeah i was like and also i think it was a jim henson documentary too on the puppeteer work in that film i was like fuck i really respect the hell out of this movie Yeah. yeah no it's cool um yeah, there was like a, I couldn't hear all of it, but the three people who sat in front of me, like they were talking about panels at Comic-Con, and I think they were artists for DC uh, that were in oh, town catching the movie. Um, That's cool. I forget some of the interesting things they said, but it was still annoying that if they were artists for comic books, they should know better than to like lean over to each other and like explain Talk things about the movie. movie to like his girlfriend. Yeah, that's not good. So, uh, but yeah, the movie's fantastic and the one thing uh after all this time i never really put it together uh that after Raphael gets beat up on the rooftop 
the foot soldiers throw his size over the edge of the building, and then the building burns down, and before that, they flee to upstate New York to hide out, and after Raphael wakes up, they're training in the forest again, and he has his size. So unless they went to the size store on the way to upstate New York, <laughs> and Leonardo picked them out for him, well, I don't know where he got another pair of size. The deleted scene for the Criterion Edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, well, there is a there. Everybody knows that in in upstate New York there is a specialty size store. That's why they went. Um, <laughs> size for all sizes. Oh, <laughs> that's the Copyright show. That's the show. Everybody. Catch off of Route Thirty Five. These are the jokes, kids. Uh, cool. So yeah. Great. And I'm going to go see it again tonight, so screw you all. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you get fewer talkers tonight. Maybe T-U-R-T-L-E power. Tonight will be all the like serious viewers who are like, oh, man, everybody shut up. We're here to see Martin Scorsese's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, man, that would be something. As far back as I can remember, he could I always do it. wanted to be a turtle. It's in the crime genre. <laughs> Technically. You probably have De Niro play Shredder. Yeah. How am I funny? <laughs> yeah, Pesci's a foot soldier. Yeah. Is that everything you saw? That's it for me. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I watched Glow. Um, I also caught up entirely on Preacher, or this season of Preacher, which is five episodes in. But you told me it didn't exist. Uh, no, no, Preacher totally happened. Um, season two is not as good so far. Uh, it's not terrible. It's just not great. Um it feels like when there's action in the show, it feels like they're they're forcing it. Now, well, I'll, I'll save that for um, yeah. Um, the production values of the show also don't feel as good. Um, there's been a couple of times where like I thought they were going to do something interesting, like uh, Hitler showed up in one of the most recent episodes because uh, their uh, our space is in hell and he escapes from his room in hell. Uh, like there's something going wrong. Like hell is breaking down and everybody keeps like getting out hell hell is sort of like a jail and everybody's got their own little room where they're reliving their worst day uh and he when he gets out like there's there's hitler and some of uh, some other just people in hell um and like hitler is this sort of soft-spoken like guy and it's weird like the casting for hitler isn't great and also hitler's mustache is wrong so even that i was like what is going on like how do you mess that up i know it's like when you think of hitler right so his his mustache (laughs) Extends the full width of his mouth, which is incorrect. Um, Maybe he grew a, it out in prison. It's a big rectangle. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, basically, like it's very, it's 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 very Magnum PI-ish. Hmm. Are you sure it was Hitler and not Groucho Marx? Yes, because he <laughs> says, "I'm Hitler." Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and everyone calls him Adolf, and also everyone calls him Hitler. And then at one point, like Hitler keeps standing up for Arsface and making everybody like not pick on Arsface. And then when everybody like turns and starts picking on Adolf because he's actually kind of a weakling, um, then like everybody beats up Hitler, which you would think like beating up Hitler would be more fun. It wasn't that much fun. Um, a lot of the action in the season this far, this, so far, sort of seems like just an excuse to put some action in there, um, with the exception of the Saint of Killers, uh, who is really cool and they are doing him really well. Because uh, he just shows up and fucking murders everyone, and you're like, "This is great." Um, but he, one thing that they've added that I don't believe was ever said explicitly in the book, but basically every time that that Jesse uses his superpower, um, that causes the Saint of Killers to know where he is, and they they're basically treating the Saint of Killers like the thing from Following, um, or from It Follows. I mean, um, so 
the scene of killers is just always walking towards Jesse trying to find him. And, and basically every time Jesse uses his superpower, he kind of knows like, Oh, you're there. I'm going to get there really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as fast like as I a can. Ring wraith with the ring. Yes. More like the ring. Yeah. 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 Um, and so like it, it adds a lot of weight to when Jesse chooses to use that power because now there is a, 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 not just a ramification because he literally hurts people. Because in the book, you see more when he tells someone like to count every grain of sand on a beach or to go fuck themselves. You get to go see like how terrible what he just made them go do is, and like that that adds a lot of weight to it in the book. Whereas here, it's kind of like, well, he kind of knows he's not supposed to, but he does it anyway. Um, so it's kind of nice that you know every time he uses the power. This this old Western guy shows up and fucking murders everyone. Um, but anyway, it's okay. Um, they're getting close to introducing some of the like the real main story of Preacher. Um, so maybe that'll be interesting. But right now it just sort of meanders, and they're spending a lot of time on the sort of romance aspect that, and they aren't, in my opinion, doing a very good job. So anyway, um, maybe watch Preacher if you like Preacher or if you like the first season. But better than Preacher, uh, I'm watching through season two of Bajillion Dollar Properties on CISO, um, which season two is kind of not a season. I think they sort of, it, it feels like they rushed out of season two and season three is hopefully like a real season of the show because season two is kind of like every episode is about five minutes long. There, It's called um, Pocket Listings is like the subtitle. And so every episode is like five seconds, five, five minutes long. And it's just like one little skit between a couple of characters. So it's almost like if you add all the episodes together, you'd have or all of that season together, you'd have like one extra long episode. Uh, but it's still really funny. That show is is pretty great. Uh, oh well, with the caveat of the first episode of the season is a real episode, and then everything else seems to be pretty short. Hmm. Uh, but if you've never seen Bajillion Dollar Properties, it's uh, Paul F. Tompkins runs a like Hollywood real estate f- uh, brokerage firm, um, and so it's it's like a it's like a mockumentary of or like a a fake reality tv show of these people who are supposed to be selling like mansions in in la uh and usually the the people who are sort of guest stars on the episodes are also comedians that you know so like zach galifianakis shows up in season (coughs) two as the uh the the bloodhound is that i think his name is i think he's called the bloodhound he basically he can if he walks into a, a a giant house uh, he, he keeps, he keeps, um, you know, those, those earplugs that have like a string between them, you know, um, they're like yeah. little orange earplugs. Yeah. And they, there's a string that connects them. He has a pair of those that he keeps in his nose. And then when he, when he walks around the house, he unplugs one and smells it and goes like, Oh yes, there was a murder here once. <laughs> there was someone, someone murdered an elephant right here. Um, I think I think maybe cinnamon would would cover that up, and then this house would sell. Um, <laughs> and so he's like this specialist that you bring in to figure out like why isn't this house selling? Um, so it's funny to like that, or like the the person selling the house might be somebody crazy. Um, but it, it's really great. So if you happen to have CISO, uh, it's like five bucks a month, um, and you get a lot of really good shows like Bajillion Dollar Properties and Harmon Quest. So yeah, check it out. Uh, but that's pretty much everything for me. Oh, uh, with one exception. When you guys saw Dunkirk, did you see it in 35mm at the Alamo with the the Paul Thomas Anderson 
quote unquote short film in front of it? No, I tried to get tickets to Alamo, but they, but I mean, there was no seats my parents would yeah. have accepted, so we ended up going to seventy millimeter at the Continental. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I saw a, a, an IMAX half IMAX uh, preview screening. So oh, at the AMC. At the AM. Yeah. Um, or AMC, at yeah. a yeah one of those. Cool. Um. Yeah. So then, technically, the other thing I saw was I saw the Haim Valentine quote unquote short film that uh, the Alamo showed in front of Dunkirk, which is filmed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, why do those two things go together? I think just because it was in 35 millimeter. Uh, I don't know why. It was actually not a very good setup for Dunkirk because it was just... It's not say, even a short film. It's just three... It's it's about 14 minutes long. It's just three music videos, and they're not very interesting music videos. Paul Thomas Anderson is losing his mind. So uh, they just put them together because they have the projector all set up and they just want to get yeah i think they probably had the reel and they were like well this movie's only an hour and a half long and so it's only in front of those 35 millimeter prints and i think it was only friday night um so i think it was just I, it probably would have been fine if they had announced it beforehand they did yeah on facebook no, no no i mean yeah i mean only in, the, in theater. the theater yeah someone should have come out and said like hey because my audience got like you probably think someone screwed up the projection and yeah. wanting like, hey, this is supposed to be Dunkirk. What's going on? Right. Yeah. No, my, my theater totally got restless about the whole thing. And also just because, like, if you're not a Haim fan like I am, if you're not – I am not a Haim fan. And so if you are like me and you're not a Haim fan, I was watching it going like – Are they a band? I didn't – yeah. They're, they're, they're three women. Their last name is Haim. Okay. Um, H-A-I-M. Yeah. So if it was like a series of like World War II serials that played before Dunkirk, I get that. Oh. But if it's like Paul Thomas Anderson music videos, then Dunkirk, you're like, what? Right. It was weird, especially because the pre-show for, for Dunkirk is really great. Um, like they've got a lot. They've been they've been killing it with their pre-shows lately. Like the one in front of Baby Driver is maybe my favorite pre-show they've ever done because um, they're, they're doing a lot of like, hey, here's – Here's the 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 eleven movies that inspired Dunkirk, uh, as you know, as told by Christopher Nolan or like whatever that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was great. And then there were like two trailers, and then they showed this Haim thing for fourteen minutes, and then they showed two more trailers. Which that's the other thing is then they went back into two trailers before they showed the movie, probably because they needed the time to change the reel, which is totally understandable. But I was glad they did because then they showed Blade Runner and Justice League, which honestly seeing the Blade Runner trailer got me back in the mood to see Dunkirk. Because after 14 minutes of eating food and watching Haim, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't need any more of this. And it's just not, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why Paul Thomas Anderson even did it because it's just long shots of them playing the music. And the first song, I was like, oh, I've never listened to Haim. Like, they, they, this is actually not terrible. Like, this seems okay. And then I, the next two songs were basically the exact same song. Mm. And I was like, this isn't great. So, anyway, I also saw Haim Valentine, so I can cross that off my list for this year. <laughs> Make sure you add it to your letterbox. <laughs> yeah, I might. <laughs> um, but anyway. It, it better be in your top ten film explosion. Yeah. It's number ten. At least, yeah. or like a half, it's like nine well, and a half. or maybe maybe Dunkirk will be on my list, and I'll I'll put it on there as Haim slash Dunkirk, <laughs> the weirdest grindhouse uh, double feature ever. What a weird combo! It's so weird. Yeah, I I think it's just that they had it, and they were like, well, we'll show this thing. It might be cool. 
which I I totally appreciate that they would want to do that. Like I think that part of it's cool. I think they they just should have announced it beforehand. Well, like yeah. like had a person come into the theater and announce Plus, it. Plus, like to some extent, there's people who bought their tickets to Dunkirk thinking like, oh well, I need to be out of here this at this time so I can go. Yeah. You know, get, relieve the babysitter to you know put my yeah. kids to bed, and they're offset by 15 minutes. Yep. Or if they had planned it, that's really... I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. weird. Because in that 15 minutes, the babysitter goes berserk and... Right. Or maybe the babysitter's a big fan of Haim, and the babysitter's like, what the fuck is this shit? I wanted to go see Haim. (laughs) You got to see Haim? Aw, man. (laughs) Aw, man. It was a short 35 millimeter version of Haim. Aw, man. Did they do that one song where they hit a drum really loud, and one of the girls goes, (laughs) That was all three of the songs. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I saw that in front of Durnkirk. And then I saw Dunkirk. There's no Art House asshole this week? Oh, no, because there's ended. not. Remember? No. So, uh, yeah. So, sorry. Before we do Dunkirk, the news, is, uh, if you didn't listen to last week, is that there isn't one this week. Um, or next week. Or ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something's coming. Something new. Something wicked this way comes. But, uh, and then we'll see. I, 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 you know, I won't, I won't say this in public, but I wouldn't be surprised if it makes an appearance once Henry is also back in in New York where where shitty art house films are more prevalent. <laughs> um, Easier to attend. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week we went and saw Dunkirk. We did. Zach, should people go see Dunkirk? Um, absolutely you should. And um, I kind of... Kind of already made my thoughts public on the film, so I I ended up seeing this movie Thursday night preview screenings, and that was an important day for me to watch it, and a very important time for me to watch it with um uh, uh with everything in mind that it has. I was very concerned about you going to see a movie with a lot of bullets flying around. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it, it was it was not lost on me that like yeah. yeah that a Christopher Nolan movie came out five years later in that you know yeah on the so same time slot. This movie was very important for for me to kind of move past certain lingering elements of that whole affair um and uh i but outside of the emotional element of it like because at the end of the day it's going to be a movie that's very important to me in the same way the dark knight rises is but as a film this movie is incredible uh i think it is one of the best christopher nolan movies i've seen since the dark knight back in the way um uh with i mean with the caveat that i haven't seen interstellar yet um, I thought the direction was wonderful. I thought the acting was great. Um, I think that the structure of the film is very intriguing and very interesting. Um, and uh, we saw I saw it in seventy millimeter, um, and it, it, it's it's incredible looking. Like it was, it, it's a work of art, uh, and I absolutely loved it. And I, I, I mean, like I, it, it, for it to move away from my top ten at this point this year is like uh, some 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 kind of like hail fire of like great movies has to come out within the next six or five six months for it to really be blown out of this list so did you see transformers five anyway sorry brad should people go see dunkirk you know we got a star wars and a justice league movie coming out so it's a lot of competition okay in the next six months yeah he's right we got a star wars movie coming out in the next mm-hmm. uh so going into this like leading up to this like trailers and whatnot i was not super excited uh as you think i would be coming from christopher nolan Mm -hmm. um and i I expected it to be a good movie um 
so yeah you know, i didn't go to the previous screen like being like oh finally i'm seeing dunkirk it was more like okay i'm gonna go check out dunkirk you had a hat on that said Dun- dunkirk number one fan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah for about the good first half hour i was kind of like okay this is the movie i'm watching and then it got as it went on it got really good um it, it's it's a it's a really good movie if you're going if you're going to it expecting like oh, i'm going to follow a character's journey and we're going to find out more about ourselves by the end this is not that movie this is literally christopher nolan being like i'm going to drop you into world war ii and you're going to experience it as they did um and it is packed with a lot with tons of dread and fear and danger mm-hmm. um like a moment when you think is you're you're safe it will suddenly be turned and you will no longer be safe uh the sound design is incredible uh it is almost like 90 percent of that feeling mm-hmm. um so yeah if you want to go to a war movie there you know you feel like you're at war this is that if you if you want to you know follow a narrative that like sees a character change from beginning to end there's a little bit of that but it's it's not the story mm-hmm. so um yeah good movie recommend it yeah uh i would totally agree um i think this movie i i love it i think people should check it out um i I think it's an incredibly tense movie that when it was over my literally my neck hurt. Like I didn't even realize like how tense I was the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's beautiful. I was moved and will probably cry the second time I see it because since the tension won't be as impactful the second time, I'll actually be able to like embrace some of the really touching moments in this movie. Um, I will say sort of to echo what, what Brad was alluding to, like this movie is more artsy fartsy than I think I would have expected, uh, which I think we can get into a little later. But uh, as a result, like you don't, I think that this, this movie, and I've already talked to certain people who, who reached out to me just to be like, Hey, I saw this and I want to ask you about it. Um, I think this movie will not connect properly with some people. Um, like it's not, it's not a world. It's war. not it's something not that's going to, yeah. Like it's not something that's necessarily going to stick with you the way that, that, a normal war movie or a dramatic piece like this would people have been explaining it to like i've compared it to saving private ryan where it's like it's about you know that's about a group of guys and the the uh like the action is so visceral of like you see a lot of gory details and this one is terrifying without being gory yep Mm -hmm. um yeah i was surprised it was pg-13 at some points too and i was like it feels a lot like like just the opening section of Saving Private Ryan, only yeah, not anywhere near as gory, um, and honestly, with even less story, or no, with about the same level of storytelling as that, right? Like, yeah, there's no real dialogue, and you're just getting from A to B. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's really beautiful. I think it's do- totally worth checking out. And uh, while while I think some people will feel will be left a little cold, I think it's worth you seeing because if it if you're not one of those people, you will be well impacted by it. Um, and Kenneth Branagh fucking kills it. So yeah, here's the trailer well, for. Oh, I'll like sorry, point out two more things. I'd be interesting. To, like, I don't think this is a movie that is going to do well, like at home. Like, I think this is a movie you have to see in the theater if you see it. Um, I think that's a fair argument. Yeah. Um, or at least try to make an attempt. Yeah, well, it's, it's just not. Yeah, it's not going to have the same impact. If you mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very dulled impact. Uh, like it's. It's an attraction. It, it, it's a roller coaster ride. It's an amusement park ride that's not amusing. <laughs> um, and then also, Zach I and I on the poster. <laughs> yeah. 
we should have more pull quotes for posters. <laughs> like, on this podcast. Why don't people call yeah, us? I know. Uh, but Zach and I have been to a lot of these preview screenings, and you would agree with me that these uh, these audiences are super obnoxious, right? They're terrible. This movie had everyone quiet for an hour and a half and cheering at the end. Wow. So, and that's much. literally the shittiest people who could ever see a movie <laughs> that you would ever want to see a movie with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I so here's agree. the trailer. Yeah, here's the trailer. What has happened is a colossal military disaster. We shall go on to the end. We shall never surrender. We have to go to Dunkirk. Ready on the stern line. What are you doing? You know where we're going. Into war, George. I'll be useful, sir. What about? He's on me. I'm on him. The ship's about to leave. They need to send more ships. Every hour the enemy pushes closer. They've activated the civilian boats. Civilians? We need destroyers. Where are we going? Dunkirk! I'm not going back. We know they will die. You're weekend sailors, not the bloody navy. Should be at home. There's no hiding from this son. We have a job to do. Turn it around. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall never surrender. We shall never surrender. We shall never surrender. Where's the bloody air force? So, uh, Dunkirk is a half, half of Dunkirk is a silent film that follows a, a one of many unknown, unnamed soldiers, mm-hmm. um, who, I don't think I could remember I anyone's remember. name from this yeah. movie. Oh no. Yeah. Well, I mean you, no one, has I think, a name. I think the one boy on the boat is named Billy or Bob, Bobby, something with a B, but yeah, most people don't get names because honestly on a day like that, you're not exchanging names with people. Um. Uh, and so it follows follows a couple of stories. It follows this soldier on the beach at Dunkirk who's trying to get off the beach. It follows uh, Tom well, Hardy. Wait, point out the fact that while they're on the beach, it's a week oh, to okay. evacuation. Okay, so we're into now. We're spoiling the movie because mm-hmm. uh, I think that talking about that is an important. Like not knowing what you're about to describe is mm-hmm. important. So yeah, just be warned. There's a there's yeah. a framing device with time in this film that's yeah. very well, very I don't I don't think it's it's not bold per se it's 
we should just talk about it now because mm-hmm. you're, you're already deep so, into it. So when, when those started coming up on the screen, I was like, oh, here's the Nolan twist. Right. It's, it's all going to be like a weird time exercise. And I knew and it was something, but I didn't. Oh, oh, I mean, you thought it was really a twist twist. Yeah. Like, uh, like some kind of interstellar time compression thing again. But he, but uh, he goes to such lengths to tell you, like, you're about to see the story of Dunkirk. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm but, interested. But when he describes like, funny. okay, it's like, from here to Britain, it's by air, it's an hour. By sea, it's a day. Mm-hmm. By the mole, it's a week. Um, and so later on, when um, Cillian Murphy shows up and it's like out of order, I'm like, oh my god, we like the beginning was just like everything's already happened and we've seen the end of the movie already, and we're now we're just kind of backtracking, like holy shit. And then it, by the end, it's like, oh no, it that was just like a segment out of order. For a moment, you were like, well, I got a memento prequel. No, 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 no. <laughs> everything is is in order but it's three stories mm-hmm. so so your story of the guys on the on the beach our 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 main character who is unnamed uh his story takes a week so from the time we meet him getting oh. to dunkirk mm-hmm. to the end his story takes a week the story of the boat is a day so those guys tell them hey go save people and it takes them a day to get there mm-hmm. and then the story of the plane tom hardy it's an hour he he has like from when we meet him, it takes him an hour to run out of fuel. Oh, I thought that was just describing like how long each of those machines takes to get to Britain. So like if they had planes, they would get there in an hour. Um, but that makes I don't way think more so. sense. Yeah, because because <laughs> that's why that's why you see things like like halfway through the movie we see our character have the, you know, he gets on a boat and that boat sinks and then he ends up getting saved by Killian Murphy, who clearly at some point goes on to get on another boat that gets sunk and then no, you're, he's already been picked up by yeah. our boat people mm-hmm. now you describe it it makes the movie makes way more sense mm-hmm. right but Shit. It, it took me a while to get there i have to re-explain this um. to my mom because <laughs> <laughs> i told her there were no like yeah because i told her about like what i just described to you and that's not that so yeah it's not they as might simple. get confused now right <laughs> right and so it. that that tactic is brilliant here because what he's able to do is is he can take you from a really tense moment in one story to a less tense moment in another story which just keeps giving you like this tension whiplash without a sh- without um, shifting anything in a way that's totally uncomfortable and at the same time as things get closer and closer and the stories start overlapping mm-hmm. um which so n- what i was about to say might not be true since you didn't pick this up but I think it's his ability to tie those things together and communicate to you what's really happening and how he's telling the story, I think is really brilliant. Yeah, now now you say that, like, this movie's even better than when I (laughs) first reviewed it. (laughs) Because there's there's shots where, like, you'll see Tom Hardy look down and see, like, a boat turned on its side leaking oil, and and you see, the like, he spends a long time on the oil – so that then later when you see that boat almost crush our hero and then they're there and they've got to escape, escape the oil, like now that you see how the timeline is starting to line back up. And so it creates this like creates this pressure cooker where like you're getting closer and closer to this moment. And that moment is the thing that ties all these these stories together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is fascinating and cool. Oh, man. Uh, and then that that moment is honestly like when our hero gets pulled up out of the water and onto the boat 
um, and he flies over, and then we're just, from then on the movie is just real time. Mm-hmm. Like it's just we're gonna flash back and forth, and um, but yeah. Anyway, wow. Yeah, that part of the just movie blew my mind. Is crazy and going, cool. I'm starting to watch the movie in my head right now, going like, <laughs> yeah. That's the genius level. That's that why we're talking about. That's for this why, movie. yeah, you see the you see the plane land in the water twice, and all of that, and um, all of those things happen. Yeah, I thought the whole movie was just like a single, like two or three day period. But now it makes sense that Tom Hardy's not up there for two or three days because he has like right. no fuel. Mm-hmm. Right, he's only there for yeah. an hour. Yeah, because um, right. yeah. his job is just to protect those people. As his job is to protect those civilian boats as they finally come into Dunkirk. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't yeah. really, you don't really realize any of that stuff. It's all just sort of, and I think part of what's good about that is that you end up being kind of unsure of what's going on the way that most of those soldiers would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, also, but you, what also helps that is the fact that there's very little dialogue in the film. Yeah. Um, even the, and this is maybe one of the things I don't love about it or that I just don't love about Chris Nolan lately is his obsession with this whole like I'm going to have there be dialogue, but I'm going to I'm going to fuck up the mix so you can't actually understand what's being said like intentionally. I really hate. Is that, it, you think it's intentional or just like I think British, that he, I think so. that's the dialect, man. No, it's intent. I mean, he said it was intentional for Interstellar. Uh, and then here it's because I, I think it's it's dialogue that doesn't matter to the story. So I, I think it's there because it's it's supposed to be contextual. Like the noise of the scene is louder than the dialogue because the dialogue doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not trained that way. Like I understand what he's trying to do. Um, at least what, I, I'm assuming this because that's what he said he was doing in Interstellar. Like I understand what he's trying to do, which is just create a tone where, yes, the character would be speaking at this time. So he's going to say something, but it doesn't matter you're supposed to be enveloped in this in the context of this moment mm-hmm. but unfortunately i'm just not programmed that way like when i hear dialogue what i end up doing is trying to decipher what was said and it ends up just sort of distracting me mm-hmm. um, like i think it's a cool artsy thing he's trying to do but it's kind of like jj's jj's lens flares where i'm like yeah, i get what you're trying to do but sometimes it's too much yeah um, no i just i just thought it was like he was just being authentic to yeah like his culture yeah, which it, it could be that yeah. um, I could be wrong. He's I'm like, just, oh, I'm just assuming. Speaking, have you know, mm-hmm. have as thick as possible because. Well, it's not. I'm not here to please American audiences. It's not that I don't understand the what they're saying. It's that I can't pick it up because it's it's not it's in the mix. No, yeah, too he's low. doing it intentionally, like just yeah. to like make it dialogue that you don't really pay yeah. attention to. Then that's interesting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's different from like, like when the when the guy at the end reaches out of the, or like he's yelling out the train and like sometimes he says like dialectical things that I didn't quite understand. That I'm fine with because I'm like, oh yeah, he said something about you know the Johnny on the spot over here with a newspaper, whatever it was he said. Um, <laughs> Christopher Nolan presents James Hart's con Dunkirk. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, oh yeah, and there's there's so little dialogue that you don't. You don't actually get. It's really tough to it's to tech, call it's, that character like somebody you 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 emote with. Like, I don't know. It, it's intentional because I think it's you're so it's really supposed to be like you, like you're supposed to be experiencing these events. Yeah, and so like our main character, you you know. Yeah, I so I have a I have a set of theories on this film. 
multiple ones um, that I had, one of which I had before going into the movie and then reading about uh, how I guess this project had been worrying in his mind for a while, but he had to wait until he made a shit ton of money and right. was kind of given the whole serious man card where it's like, go make what you want to make. Yeah, yeah. Also, do you know um, this is kind of a remake? Because there was a, another Dunkirk movie. Oh, really? From like the 50s, I think. Oh, mm. I so did he's, not, that. he's not the first at the table. Um, huh. So, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna throw out a very interesting theory, but I don't think it has Go as much it. merit as it used to before. After reading that he had this project in mind for a while, um, this movie is like as I said at the top of the review. This movie's not a war movie. It's a survival movie, and it's a movie about an evacuation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think within the time of five years since rises where he was already committed to interstellar at that point. Like he was already making that and co-financing it with paramount. Was he? He, he yeah, he was, he was already in development with it by the time. That was a Steven Spielberg movie. Interstellar. Yeah. Steven interstellar started as a Spielberg movie and then Spielberg dropped off. I, I I'm just saying anyway, that go ahead, sorry. it goes in within two years because then the next yeah. year we have a full trailer for interstellar. Yeah. No one has enough time to think about what happened in Aurora, that film tells this story. There's a couple different connections here. One is it's like Tom Hardy, like he has no mask on at one point, and then majority of that movie, that mask is still on. <laughs> True. Like again, these are strong coincidences. I have no idea if they're meritable at all. Um, I think he just has the mask on because he needs oxygen. No, that's part of it. Plane. But but yeah. isn't isn't it funny that this is the second time Tom Hardy's been in a Nolan movie where he has to wear a mask? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, um, but the, the themes that are running throughout Dunkirk are literally about, it's literally about surviving and like, and I'm speaking as somebody who walked through that kind of path in my own way, that this film is highly immersive, very immersive. And you were right to worry because when the first scene hits where it's very quiet, you have flyers floating from the sky and then all of a sudden you start hearing a very realistic sound mix happening um, of bullets flying. Um, <clears throat> that that and, scene where they're in the, the, the well, shore wash, wash ashore boat. And yeah, well, that, that's what I'm getting to is that so that one in the open air, it's jarring because of the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, inside the boat. Reminded me a lot of being in that theater right before we got out because we were seeing bullet holes through the wall and smoke coming out of the wall. Right. So there's a lot of moments in this film that kind of like really fucking resonated with me in a weird way, just of what my memory is. Um, but also the overall tone of the, of the film and its theme of survival, like we're going to go on um, all the way to the point where, what I love about this film is that it doesn't necessarily like it's it, since it's not a war film, it's not bogged down in politics. Mm-hmm. It is solely focused on the people around it. And then at the very end, instead of like doing an actor playing Churchill, which we're going to get in November with Gary Oldman anyway. Yeah. Um, freaking. Yeah. You say that, but here's the thing. The fact that, uh, one of the survivors of that evacuation reads that speech, the way he reads that speech with all due respect to what Gary Oldman might do with that speech, if that speech is even read in the damn uh, Churchill movie. Well, it's in the trailer. Um, I'm sorry. I, I 
Oh no! I, I think that I think that this is the best way you could represent that speech. My yeah was more about how great that scene is. <laughs> like, it's funny because when that we we saw the trailer before Dunkirk for mm-hmm. for the um uh what is it the dark the darkest hour yeah and I leaned over to my friend and I was like because the trailer half of the trailer is actually Churchill reading that speech and I leaned over to, to Rafe and I was like it's really manipulative to use that speech because it's one of the best speeches of all time. Uh, and then this this is how the movie ended. And of course, when I was when the movie was over, I leaned over. And was like, it's really manipulative to use that speech because <laughs> it's one of the. But it is. I mean, it's so moving. It's actually not the 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 moment of the movie that that almost brought me to tears, though. Um, mm-hmm. But really amazing. Um, it's interesting. I have a slightly different take on why I think this movie is very. It's really just that the story itself lends itself to this reading. Um, Cause there is this great undertone that I'm one of the most tense scenes in the movie for me is in the boat when they, they finally turn to his friend and they're like, Hey, why do you never talk? And that tension through that whole sequence. And then just the, the xenophobia of even when they find out he's not German, when, when he's French, like that moment of like, Hey, well, that's not actually any better, really. Like you're still like, less of a person than uh, than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for me, the the real killer moment and the thing that makes this movie so important is actually Kenneth Branagh's moment at the end where he closes the thing and says, "I'm staying for the French." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like that's the moment that makes this movie transcend. Yeah. Because you watch this whole experience, and as 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 uh, not solidifying, but but. As unifying as that moment is for for England, um, you know, some of what this movie is saying is like, the truth is we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing of looking at each other as as being any kind of other um, it is just a very poignant thing to be saying at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that's Christopher Nolan specifically being like, hey, now's a good time to talk about how... We should be nice to each other. I think it's just a part of this story, um, and a really interesting part to to inject when that's not. It would be very easy to tell this movie as just an evacuation story, and to put that little tinge in there is just very special. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was, yeah. And like I said, my, my, I adore my, it. And like I said, my 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 theories on it. I, I'm not saying it's a reaction to what happened five years ago. I'm just saying like, no, it's, yeah, it's how it's, you read the film. It's very very like. It's very coincidental on so many fronts. I'm yeah. just like, there's so many like uh, balls of yarn that I can connect it to five different photos that weave a web. So, mm. but uh, I mean, I love the film. Love well, there's it. no way that it's lost on him that this movie is releasing on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. That was that was something that like I didn't even think about it until. And really, um, I doubt it's his choice. I'm sure Warner Bros. is like. No, Nolan does well in that weekend, so put yeah. the movie out then. I'm, I'm sure. I'm just saying that I'm. Yeah. There's no way that he's not aware of like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, I would love to hear him talk about. This I would love to hear him talk more. <laughs> just period. Mm-hmm. He's like second to Spielberg, one of the most frustrating directors for exactly that reason. And I love that you explain the time thing to me because that totally explains like why he, the, why this is his movie. Like mm-hmm. before I was just like, yes. Oh, well he made an immersive war movie. Great. Yeah. Um, I, w- I guess that's the Nolan stamp on this. Right. And no, that time element uh-huh. totally makes more sense now. And yeah. that's like, Oh, that's why this is a Chris Nolan movie. Yeah. It's memento, but with war. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because he's he's playing the same tricks, but honestly, way better. I'd say Interstellar with War. Because uh, uh, Memento is like it's just backtracking. Yeah, how about we Interstellar say it's is like compression <laughs> expansion? Yeah. The the one thing the reason why for me like I love this, but I do end up feeling like Interstellar is such an emotional masterpiece. Like that's a movie about our lives and the human condition where this this is a much more concise film like it's I end about up, the rawest human emotion one of the raw, one well, of the rawest human emotions you can just, have it's just putting you in that that experience it's a movie a about experiencing place. fear yeah like there's fear I mean, in that movie I, well but there's also take like, away the war element it could be like a fucked up horror movie <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the how much he leans well anyway th- there's a lot of great little subplots in there and and his ability to tell it was interesting like i said in the at the alamo they did the like 11 films that influenced this one or two of them were silent films uh and at first i was like oh that's interesting and then i saw the first 20 minutes and was like oh that's why cuz it, it's amazing what he's able to do with literally no useful dialogue um in that first 20 or so minutes it's like the artist um, but and bullet is actually used yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's not. It's <laughs> like, especially that whole sequence where he gets, he and the guy, his his friend, get that body, or they, it's not even a body, they get the, the wounded soldier, mm-hmm. and they're getting him up there, and the whole time, like, that scene is so long, and it's long enough that you sit there and wonder why, what their motivation is, right? Cause, because they, they don't talk at all, you don't actually know, like, are they doing this? Because to get to help help him him or or themselves, right? Exactly. And what's beautiful about it, and why that sequence is so great, is because he never actually answers the question. Um, Because even when they do get on the boat and then get kicked off, like the emotions on their face are, they're worried. They don't. They clearly don't want to get kicked off, but at the same time, they. You're like. I think the fact that they're hiding under the bridge, waiting for you know what happens next. I think kind of is more telling that they were really just out to help themselves i see i don't know i i think that I, if they weren't they would have just walk back up to the back of the line like everyone else but instead well, they like no i think there's a survival instinct in hey once we've gotten this far but they don't like i i think that it's both things it's sort of what i'm saying it's like yes this is an opportunity to help this guy and maybe help themselves but it's it's muddied like I, I think it would be unfair to judge those guys as saying like, well, that was the only reason they were doing it. It's almost I think as if the, the situation was realistic. Right, exactly. Like, that's my point. Is like the way he tells the story and the fact that he never answered. I don't feel like that's a real answer. I think that's just. I mean, even in even in his case, like our actual main character, he's leaving, and it's not till he sees that the other guy jumped down there that he's like, oh, I guess I could do that. Okay. You well, know? yeah. The yeah. Right. It's really the French guy who jumps down there. And then he sort of follows him. And our hero, part of what's so great, man, he ends up, I wish he had a name, um, because he he ends up being such a good hero um, and and is is sort of painted through these those those little moments. I mean, that the scene at the end when he's on the train and he just knocks out, like it is this moment of he has a pretty clear conscience by as opposed to the guy across from him. Um, which is again just this sort of muddied water in the story where like here's this guy who's worried that everybody's gonna hate him when he gets back, and our hero's like, dude, I, whatever, I'm I'm gonna go to sleep. It's been a long day. Um, yep, yeah, it's brilliant. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's a very good film. You should go yeah. see it. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think of it. And Kenneth Branagh kills everything. Oh, yeah. He was He's really good in it, too. great. Tom Hardy. I actually love Tom Hardy in this movie a lot. Oh, but, yeah. But... but with, that's the part my audience cheered for was him shooting down that last fighter yeah. Oh, yeah. no gasoline well, left it's like, here's like the uh, what I love about Tom Hardy's in this character because it's it's strange because much like Mad Max he's not talking a lot and when he is but when he is talking yeah. it's yeah. very technical a lot of his or, movies are that it's, it's very technically oriented yeah the truth uh, is, dialogue I don't think any of his dialogue is important no, it's not. Right, it's like it's well, it's it's, pro- it's it's air it's air procedure. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's air it's air force procedure. Like basically, it's communicating plane to plane. Right. They're right. not making any like coy jokes or anything like that. Right. Can you imagine um, like trying to fly one of those planes and do like calculus at the same time? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, forget about it, man. Yeah. Uh, and I like Mark Rylance in the movie. He's really oh good. yeah. Oh, Mark man. Rylance is really good. The whole story on the boat is. Oh. I mean, it could be a movie oh, on a, fuck, of its own. Fuck him and Murphy, and then when he explains to his son uh that he shell shocked was like it was like a big old well and the, the <laughs> you know the the, oh, man. the the part of their story was that they had another son that went to war and then had the shell shock happen to him and like no died he was or something a, no he was a uh he was a fighter pilot so he he when the when the other when the other plane pilot it's so that's why the when the boat when the plane goes down and their boat sees it the story you're actually seeing there, though you don't know it at the time, is here's this dad whose oldest son went away to the war, was a pilot, and was shot down. And so when he sees that pilot go down, even though there's no parachute and he's and his son, his younger son is like, dude, he's dead. He does everything he can to go try to save that guy because uh-huh. in his mind it's his son in the plane. Yep. And you don't even get that story until like 20 minutes later. Um, it's actually probably like 10 because this movie's actually really short and you can't tell. Um like that, that's such a beautiful story that again you won't understand that till you've watched it the second time. And I didn't even think about it until right now when you said that, and I went, "Oh shit, that's mm. the cool subplot mm-hmm. here." Is that here's Mark Rylance's story actually will only make sense to you when you see the movie the second time because here's this guy who leaves the dock early because he has a chance to go help soldiers and mm. save some soldiers. Yeah. Unlike his own son, mm-hmm. I like, thought he was. I thought he was super forgiving of Murphy just because, yeah like his son and like someone he knew was also shell shocked or something i forget it's i think he just knows i think he just knows that if you if you literally put he's, one he's more just sympathetic stra- in general well it's like yeah. if you put one more straw uh on Jillian murphy's camel the back's gonna break yeah like he's i think he just as an older wiser guy he looks at that guy and goes like son you don't understand what he's seen we just have to be patient with him. Like mm-hmm. he's a powder keg and we're just going to let him be for a little while. Yeah. Um, like he knows, cause when he leaves the dock, he knows where he's going. Like he knows the guys he's going to run into and that he's not going to save a bunch of like clean, ready soldiers. He's going to save some guys who have been on the beach for a week. Also, mm-hmm. why were they outrunning the, uh, the Naval officers? Like what were they, what were the Naval officers going to do if they hadn't left earlier? I think they were just leaving early. I think they he just got them. That's what I'm they, saying. Why is, were they avoiding them though? I don't think they were avoiding them. Yeah, they were like looking back and like like we got to well, go I now, think... we got to go now because they're going to like like uh, maybe they're going to empty the boat and throw out all this shit or something. Oh, I didn't think it was I I thought it was just that that like those guys were doing everything sort of systematically and like writing down people's names and stuff and so there's a delay just, them longer yeah, yeah. He, he just he just was like just grab those things the the life preservers throw them in the boat and we're gonna go 
Because when those guys go, they 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 kind the Navy guys kind of have a look on their face of like, wait, wait, you, why, where you are you going? You're yeah. not. We haven't like told you to go yet. Yeah, that's um, what I was wondering. It's like, why were they? Yeah. I don't think that they were like in trouble. I think it was just. I think that's the story. Is like I said, he's and I didn't again didn't realize until now. He's just so anxious to go help these guys. Um, so they would just slowed him down, basically. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That he's like, the I'm paperwork. going. Right. Um. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. But yeah, that whole story on the boat, and then the that pressure cooker of of Killian Murphy and his character, and then the oh, the, part where the like, amazing. Don't watch out down there. Don't like bump into him. Like. <sighs> He's dead. Oh, like, so what? The amazing grace of that moment when, without even more than a second to think about it, the guy, Killian Murphy asks at the end, like, hey, is the boy going to be okay? And he just says, yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, it's heartbreaking. Like, it's such a beautiful, kind moment mm-hmm. um, that just can't can't be beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, yeah, man. <sighs> Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, the more I talk about that movie, the more I like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's almost like we should go see it again. Yeah, or Valerian. Luke Besson next is week, terrible. Next week, I think we're going to go see Atomic Blonde. What, what you don't want to see the Emoji movie? I don't want to <laughs> see the Emoji movie. Okay, or, I, we, I just, just want to make sure I know your position. We might also be able to see An Inconvenienter Truth. It's, Die it's, Harder. It's even inconvenientier than the previous one. An Inconvenient Truth. Cruise control. Al Gore's revenge. I think I think we're probably seeing Atomic Blonde because Ryan wants to see Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I want to see Atomic Blonde. So uh, that'll I mean, be oddly it. enough, he's gonna he's gonna twist twist the tables on us and be like, guys, I really want to see an inconvenient truth too. Ooh, <laughs> Valerian not doing well right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> Take yeah. Luke Besson. <laughs> Dunkirk hey, heading hey, for hey, fifty-one why? million why? plus. I don't like. I Luke like Luke, Luke Besson. I don't like him. Why? I Girl's think he's trip strong. Leon is great. Sinks. What? Leon is great. K one movie. Uh, the Fifth Element is great. No, it's not. The Fifth Element <laughs> you, you is think really it is. It's no. The Fifth <laughs> Element is really fun. Yeah. I'm gonna go see Valerian, and I'm probably gonna really enjoy it. Okay, and then I'm gonna just just shit all over you. Okay, I'm gonna go watch Dunkirk again, and okay, then again, that's and fine. Then again, that's fine. Uh, so it looks like I'm gonna miss the Dark Tower. That's the one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, for what, so wait, what's what's coming out on Dark Tower the same week though? There is another thing. Detroit. Oh yeah, step, I'll see Detroit. Wind River. Yeah, I was like wondering, like, I mean, I, I, I thought it would obviously be a Dark Tower, but Detroit is also a viable option because oh, yeah. it's got a pedigree behind it. It's got John Boyega in it, and yeah. that we, kid from We're the Millers. We so. will go see many things. So, for we are a movie podcast, and that is what we do. Cool. cool. And then on August 11th, we might do a film explosion because that's Annabelle two, oh, not Job two. That's definitely the one that we said. For sure, we were going to do a film explosion. Wait, we we aren't going to see Nutty by Nature? <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw the trailer for that movie in front of Cars 3, and I, my, the you could not count the amount of times my eyes rolled. <laughs> I, think I, I think I blacked out in front of Cars 3. I was like, fuck. I don't remember any of the trailers. Cool. Cool. Sweet. Well, until next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Drafthouse in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day.